Hello there, and welcome to episode 22 of Unknown Regions Podcast. I am your host, Michelle, and I have absolutely zero chill today. With me, as always, is your other host, my son, Colin, who maybe has a little bit of chill. Not sure. Let's see. Yo. How's your chill? Um. Any chill? No, I'm a little chill. You're a little chill? Yeah. I have no chill, man. I have no chill. I know. <laughs> okay. You're, cra- you're, you're freaking there- out. We are not doing uh, current events today because this oh. entire episode is a current event. Oh, I guess so. And we have a lot, a lot to talk about. <laughs> yeah. Oh, geez. So, the only, the one and only current event and main topic today is The Mandalorian is back. We have episode nine entitled The Marshal. Yes. With one L. Uh, oh, yeah, it is. Yeah, it's 1L. Did that strike you as weird that it was 1L instead of 2? Yeah, I guess so. I didn't really think about that. Huh. I kind of noticed it, and then I was like, huh, I wonder if there's a difference between the two, and I guess there's kind of a slight difference between the two things. Did you look it up? I just never... I did. I can't even remember what the hmm. what the difference is now, but... Okay. Anyway. Um. So you have watched it how many times? Only once, actually. Only I know once. I'm a fake fan. I'm a I'm a true fake fan. I mean, granted, I watched it at three in the morning, and with you, I guess we watched it at the same time. Um, Via text, though we weren't. <laughs> yeah, we were relaying. Well, actually, we yeah we didn't text each other at all until the end. Yeah, I don't think we were actually watching it simultaneously. We were at different parts. Yeah, you fi- the whole time you finished it. I think like three minutes before I did. Maybe. But um. Yeah, only seen it once, but I do vividly remember everything. <laughs> I could talk about it. <laughs> okay. Well, I've watched it enough for both of us. I don't even know how many times at this point. Wait, how many times do you think actually? <sighs> Maybe like six. <laughs> That's so many times. Because you know, I like to take, I like to annotate as I watch. And the first time I watched it, I didn't annotate at all because I was concentrating right. on what i was watching right i feel you. so you know and then dad watched it so i watched it with him oh yeah i i haven't even talked to them about it at all did they like it delaney delaney still hasn't watched it because oh. she's dead to me what i know why she sucks i oh i don't know well, come on who knows i know what about dad though what about anyway. dad probably loved it because the boy dad loved it yeah yep dad loved it he just loved the whole thing it wasn't just because of the boy oh yeah yeah but all right, so let's get started. I think how we're gonna do this is. Oh wait, 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 my... wait, 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 wait. One thing. Yeah. Uh, huge disc- uh, preface. Mm-hmm. We are f- we are recording an hour away from each other. Oh yeah, he's not in the basement right yeah, now. Yeah. So if the uh, if the audio is weird, I'm gonna do my best to make it sound normal. But if it's weird just by nature and you hear humming in the background or a car honk. Or a dude yelling outside. It's just yeah, he's in the city. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 because of the, because of quarantine, it's it's kind of hard to find a silent place right now. Like at the music school, I would have gone to the music school and recorded in the studio, but you have to rent those out, and it was filled all day. So. Yeah, that's too bad. Yeah. But, um, we'll do our best. Yeah. Hopefully, it'll be. I'm good. gonna try to make it okay, but. Okay, all right. So. Let's begin. The episode starts with a bit of a prologue, which is pretty much mirroring episode one, where 
Mando just lands on this true random planet that we really don't even get to know anything about. You know, no name planet. Oh yeah, I guess we don't know the name of that. Hmm. Um, but I really appreciated the very first shots of them walking through pa- patches of lights, light and shadow, light and shadow, light and shadow. Very, very lovely. I had you in my right off. I had you on my mind. When that shot happened, I was like, oh, because because yeah, because it's like the first shot where it's the Mando armor, but it's it's like dark. Like, I, I feel yeah. like every every scene in the uh, in the first I might be forgetting like one or two things, but for it to start like the opposite of how it started last season, you know, because because he like walked it. I guess his armor wasn't like shiny yet, but it but it was like it wasn't dark, I guess, you know. But yeah, I don't. God, I don't remember the lighting from that episode. But I, it just struck me immediately how they are literally going light to shadow, light to shadow, light to shadow because it's like at nighttime. But there's these overhead lights that are causing them to walk into the light. Yeah, and out and in and out. So yeah, it's great. Just, just a reminder from John Favreau: we're dealing with. Light and shadow, guys, <sighs> metaphorically. Oh, yeah. I mean, mostly shadow, though, I would say. Well, yeah. I mean, he is in an underworld-type situation, so that would make sense. Um, I did not expect that which, to be the first scene, by the way. Oh, isn't that funny how most of the tra- – I don't know about most, but a good deal of the trailer yeah. is from this first 10 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty hilarious. Which is hilarious to me. Yeah. That's, That's cool. I don't know. Good – that's good uh, trailer making I where guess, they didn't yeah. really they didn't give you much to work on because it's all it's all over within the first advice. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. There's only a few shots that were unaccounted for, I guess. So I love the whole hellhound in the shadows thing going on. That was cool. Just to re- again to remind us, this is mythical storytelling, everybody. The underworld. Come on now. You know, this is the underworld that he's still going to visit occasionally, <laughs> even though he's more enlightened now. He still Ooh, traverses the underworld. True, true. With baby in tow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Super fun. I don't understand that, me. man. I feel like Baby Yoda just should not be where he goes. Like, I'm worried about oh, Baby there's, Yoda. There's so many examples in this episode alone where, where you're like, you need a babysitter, dude. Yeah. You cannot be taking this baby. <laughs> yeah, dude. But again, it's it's metaphorical. He's bringing his new enlightenment with him. Oh yeah. He's not uh, like putting it, leaving it with a babysitter. He's like, wherever he I go, where he goes, he goes where I go. Clan of two, yada yada. Yeah. Oh yeah. So. Anyway, yeah. The, so those hellhounds are in- interesting. Yeah, they're really cool. I like how I like how they were, like, I don't even know how to phrase this into words that make sense. But I like how they were kind of presented in a way that the Jawas are presented, but like menacingly. That's true. It's cool. That's true. Glowing eyes in the in the dark. Yeah. In the shadows. I like that. Um, and also an interesting juxtaposition to later on when we see the other quote-unquote hounds the you know the tuscan raider hounds oh. later but they 
are in, you know, they're out in the open. They can be communicated with. Big theme in this episode. Oh, communication. Dude. <laughs> There's so much of Huge like, theme. Yeah, that's huge. So, you know, I was eating that up because I'm all, I'm all about that. Yeah, that was cool. I did not expect uh, that. The- I did not expect that element to enter this series at all, actually. So it was cool to see him talking Tuscan, which is like so weird. Yeah, actually speaking it instead of only just the signing. Yeah. But this is a big topic. I sent <laughs> I sent Colin my notes, which he has just told me he has not looked at. <laughs> the one and only time I'm letting you look at my notes. <laughs> and you don't look at them. Okay, I'll pull it up. I'll pull it up. It's fine, though. It's nah, fine. It's whatever. No, 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 Yeah, I want to talk about the communication theme later. Okay. Big time. Um, but just to mention, the cool graffiti all over the place in this in this um underworld that he's in i noticed during the credits that that was done by an artist named david cho oh who is pretty famous i know that name i knew it too as soon as i saw it and i was like oh duh it looks a lot like his graffiti art and that is just really cool. And he also had a cameo, which I didn't realize until I read the credits. He's one of the ringside oh. <laughs> guys. He yells out something during oh. the fight. That's great. So that's cute. Yeah. Um, okay, so we go, we go into the fight. And to a banger of a Ludwig oh, yeah. track. Yeah, that was good. I don't remember that. Oh my god. That was good. There's a lot of there's <laughs> a lot of um, there's a lot of cool new ideas he's working with here, which I dig. Different sounds, different styles. That is ju- that track, I would like that track, please. Yeah. yeah. Fully realized so I can like run to it or whatever. There's a is a banger. It's it's very good. I'm sure it'll be out at some point. I hope so. Um Okay, oh, man, so you really do have a lot know, of notes here. We see a lot of this in Dear God. Uh, <laughs> we see a lot of this scene in the trailer. There's not a whole lot to yeah. comment on other than the fact that right away the the question of the armor comes up immediately because this guy Karash wants his armor. Right. Like he's lured him there, I guess. Uh, under the pretense of getting information about the of where to find other Mandalorians. But really, this guy just wants the armor because he flat out says, that's John Leguizamo, by the way. Did you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know who it is. The credits. Yeah, I knew who it was. Everybody, I love the the voice cameos the most, I think. Because they're the least distracting. You know, you don't see their faces. You just hear their voices. That's true. So that was really cool. But anyway, um, yeah, so he just wants to steal the armor. Uh, and which is also a metaphor like, onto itself. Of course. Oh my! God. Another huge theme in this episode. I like that. Armor, 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 armor. Like the whole thing. Yeah, it really is. Actually, it really is all about the armor. It actually is. They're beating. It actually is. It actually is. Yeah. Oh, that's true. Beating us over the head. Oh my goodness. With this, with this theme of armor. That's sick. Is there, is there a, a philosopher who talked a lot about armor? Like being a thing. Is that why does that ring a bell for some reason in my head? Armor being a huge symbol of mythology. I don't know. I mean it. It just is. I guess obviously just, yeah, we have like yeah, maybe I'm knights. Like, yeah. And 
you know, that comes that comes around too because there's the literal freaking dragon that they have to fight. <gasps> it's so hilarious. Anyways, dude. Also, <laughs> actually, yeah, I just thought of something. It's actually kind of interesting how a lot of figures uh, in mythology and not even just mythology, but like in real life, who wear armor. A lot of the time, they're not really perceived as human. You know, they're perceived as being the warrior, not the human. Like, not not the person who who is, like, introspective. They're human, but they're not, like, humanistic quality. They're not introspective. Like... They're not... They're, they're right. more about the masculine, right? That I guess you yes. could consider it that way. So, I... Oh, boy. Put a pin in that. I've got about <laughs> three paragraphs on page five. <laughs> yeah. I, well, I guess all I'm saying is um, I, think, I think I know where we're going. And yeah. I feel, you know I feel, going. dog. I feel. That's all I'm saying. Oh, it's great. It's this whole episode is just, oh, yeah. So this felt it very felt Star Wars. So good. It felt really Star Warsy, which was didn't it feel good? Yeah. Didn't it feel just really good? Yeah, I liked it. I liked it a lot. Everything was resonating at like a hundred percent. Yeah, and the oh, it was great, dude. The drip. Okay, should I go? <laughs> let me go on. Let me go on real okay, quick. I'm freaking out. I'm freaking We're, out. We haven't even gotten through the prologue. Oh my gosh. Um, that's true. So, so yeah, he's like, I want your armor. And of course he's like, uh-huh, I think not. <laughs> so they have a, they have a nice little, um, action sequence, which was very cool. I love the one part. I don't know if you remember, but he just kind of punches a guy in the face with the side of his head. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. There, there are moves. There are moves. I, I remember that. Also, wasn't there one that was like, he just like did that like with his arm. Uh, I don't remember. Okay. I just remember the. Um, Sorry, they can't see the me, head. But... Yeah, that was cool. No, that was cool. <laughs> no one can see you. I remember the headbutt, but not like a forehead headbutt, a side, a, a parietal headbutt, yeah. if you will. Well, it would be temporal, but. I thought parietal was like right by your ear, like above your ear. No, no? that's temporal. Oh. The temple, dude. It. The temple. Yeah, but uh, whatever. Let's uh. not argue about. Skull You're regions. really going to argue with a neuroscience <laughs> major? An ex-neuroscience? An ex-con? Fine, I'll give it to you. Mm. Um, okay, so uh, we see a lot of that in the trailer, but the fight, the action sequence, I liked a lot. Yeah, I did too. Uh, so kudos, John Favreau, who finally got to direct an episode. There's a lot of action oh. in this episode, so it was really kind of his wheelhouse anyway. I'm a fool. I didn't I know. Like. Oh, of course he directed. Oh, of course. Of course. You remember? Yeah, you can bring that up yeah, later. Come you on. Bring that up later. <laughs> come on. Dude's got I know what you're about to dude's say. Dude's got to get some more tricks, man. Let's just say that. Come on, man. It's it's cute. Okay. So, Mando obviously wins the fight. He follows Crash outside, um strings him up upside down. Oh, dude. And questions him about where are other Mandalorians. So he says, the only one I know about is on Tatooine. Now, obviously, <laughs> at that moment when you're watching it, you don't know who he's talking about. But in retrospect, was he talking about Cobb or was he talking no. <laughs> about the boy? Okay. Our boy, okay. Boba Fett. Well, I, I won't lie. When he said Tatooine, and I... I very clearly remember the scenes of the shots on Tatooine in the trailer. Mm -hmm. But for some reason, when he said he's on Tatooine, my heart, like, stopped so mine. a little bit. So did mine. It did. <laughs> my heart stopped a few times, right? <laughs> no, that was the only time it really stopped, I think. And even at the end, 
I don't know. We're, we're getting ahead of ourselves. I'm sorry. Let's just keep yes. going. Let's keep going. Okay. One thing I want to mention, though, this, this line stuck out to me. He says, I swear it by the gotra. Do you remember that line? Sorry, I had to meet myself. Yes, I do. So I was unfamiliar with that. So when I Googled it, apparently the gotra is a thing. Oh. Um, it is uh, in the 2014 book Tarkin oh. by James Lucino, which I have not read, but I actually just bought at uh, Half Price Books. Oh, my gosh. So I might look it up in there. Nice. But in this novel, we, we learn that this organization, the Gatra, is made up of repurposed battle droids who have a list of grievances against the Empire. Oh. And they basically work for a crime syndicate and they help, you know, enforce, I guess. They're kind of, uh, you know, I guess it kind of like maybe... Maybe IG-11, maybe, you know, it's, uh, I don't know. But they they aid in an array of crimes throughout the galaxy, including extortion, kidnapping, and robberies. Think of them like the robot mafia, but with a much more sinister final goal. Okay. The Gatra's aim is to build its own army of droids to distribute throughout the galaxy embedded with sleeper codes. And when the time is right, the Gatra will send out an activation signal that will tell the droids to rebel against their masters and rise up, eliminating all inferior biologicals. I know. I was like, <laughs> Wait, what? What? <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? I, I'm telling you, I know. I was like, holy cow, what? why would he be swearing by the Gatra? Interesting. Uh, <sighs> Anyway, it makes me think of Afra. It makes me think of. I mean, sorry. It makes me think of L three, and her like whole liberation. Um, but she didn't seem like she wanted sinister things to happen. She was just into right. droid right. revolution. But apparently, this group also has ties to um, Afra. Dang. Yeah. Dude, anyway, what if like what if that's a foreshadowing that the end of the season yeah. the Gotra's activated. <laughs> I don't. I know. I was like, "What the heck what is the this heck about?" Is this, man? Oh my gosh! Because why put that in yeah, there? Would, yeah, that's super weird. Yeah. So yeah, let's let's put that on the back burner and yeah. see what happens with it. I guess I didn't really think about. It. I just thought it was like a god of some kind. Is like, oh, whatever. But I had no idea there was a background there. Wow. Yeah, it's got apparently, and it's a weird one. Yeah. So. Yeah. An interesting little tidbit. Indeed. Okay, so let's go on. Let's get to Tatooine because that's where all the action is. Yeah. This. Oh, we're not um, even going to talk about how he dies? Come on, man. Oh, yeah. Well, the Hellhounds get him. Yeah, it's rough. So obviously he's a bad dude. And it's interesting. And, he's in the so, and it's also interesting. Um, and it's a metaphor, obviously, uh, how there's a light and then he shoots at the light and that's when the Hellhounds go. Yes, because they apparently only come out when it's total darkness. That's cool cool yeah. it's very cool and also cyclops reference because you know oh yeah of course the one yeah one eyed yeah dude. so that it's so like this entire episode <laughs> yeah. is just and like bathing and like literally boba fett's armor is the fleece that's all it is it's the golden fleece it is it's literally it just is. the golden fleece it's not even I they're can't. not even hiding it's literally a fleece <laughs> 
I can't take it. It's just, <laughs> uh, there's so much. It is a fleece. There's so much. It's crazy. That's why, like, there's people saying they didn't, this episode is just a retread. I'm like, brother. Honey. <laughs> brother. <laughs> Sweetie. Baby doing? cutie. No. That's yeah, not right. No, it's not. Okay. Uh, by the way, Tatooine in this episode looks actually oh. beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Mm. True. True. Much more beautiful than it's ever looked before. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Seriously, like it's, it, it doesn't, you know, I have successfully and totally compartmentalized the end of Rise of Skywalker and how much I hate Yay. the whole Tatooine Yay. scene. It's gone. It's put away. It doesn't even affect me anymore. So I can honestly say Tatooine looks beautiful. In Yay. This That's good. And I don't think that, I think it's by design. Like, I think they're trying to say there is good here. There are important things happening here that are beneficial, mm. that the light is present. It's not just a graveyard. Interesting. There's stuff. There's good stuff to well, be clearly there is. found here. And one take. of those good things is Pelly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Amy Sedaris. Yeah. Who would have thought we would see her? Again? I did. I did not. not. I did not at all. I was so thrilled. Yeah. I could. I was just so happy. And she has some of the funniest freaking lines in this scene. Oh man, I couldn't tell you. I couldn't remember a single one. What did she say? She. <laughs> well, when they when they get off the ship off the Razor Crest, you know she's they're they're saying their greetings and she sees the baby and she's like how much you want for him just kidding not really oh. baby i don't know like yeah 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 that's good super funny and then possibly one of my all-time favorite lines if this thing ever divides or buds i will gladly pay for the offspring <laughs> oh yeah that's good too dividing or like you know we're bio nerds so dividing yeah, and budding is yeah, like yeah. <laughs> okay osmosis or um mitosis sorry Let's talk about, though, what I thought was the big takeaway from this scene. Oh, yeah. He's cool with the pitroids. He's cool with the pitroids. Yeah, yeah, dude. He no longer hates droids. It's exciting. It really is. Yeah. Like, they are showing us right away. Progress. This man has grown. Mm -hmm. He mm -hmm. has progressed from his fear and his anger, at least where that's concerned. And that was a big deal for him. So... That was exciting. Yeah, yeah, that was cool. And then the pit droid hijinks were so, <laughs> so prequel trilogy. So I loved it. Like with the like flailing around pipes. Yes, and like the, it was so cute. It's such a joke. It's so funny. I loved it. And a lot of people have noted this episode loves the prequels. Like it's mm. got so many prequel Easter eggs and callbacks oh, yeah, and like references. The, yeah, like the dogs and the pit droids and... Um, the speeder... With the oh, uh, oh, of course, of course. pod car engine, yeah. which we'll talk about in a minute. Yeah. So that's a dope kind car, of, by the way. Not car, but vehicle. I, I like that. That was so funny when he pulled like. He's like Mando's got that. <laughs> Mando's got that rinky dink <laughs> yeah. little speeder, and then Cobb pulls up in his freaking <laughs> yeah juiced engine. Yeah. Oh god. Yeah. Those two. Yeah, dude. I ship oh it. yeah, they're they're homies for sure. Best friends, as Tony would say. Oh, totally. That's we'll right. we'll get to that in a minute, but okay. I just I had to bring up my man, yeah. Timothy. Timothy. Oliphant. God, he's Oh my god, I love him. Uh 
He's a busy man. He really is a busy Goodness. man. Rightly so. He's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so let's can we just talk about for a minute my confusion <laughs> about you know, he says very plainly, he's looking for other Mandalorians so he can chart a path of coverts to find the Jedi. Yeah. But like how? Yeah, actually How <laughs> How is this helping you find the Jedi? I mean, does he just think I do recall feeling that too, a moment of like, wait, like just a minute. How is that actually going to work? <laughs> I had a moment like that as well. Because here's why it doesn't compute so much for me, because the armorer, you know, he's describing what um, the child can do, move things with his mind and do all this weird stuff. And the armorer's like, oh, I've heard of this, this this is like the ancient sorcerers that we used to fight all the time. Um, but like Mando's never heard of them. Right. Yeah. So why does he necessarily think other people, other Mando's in other coverts are going to have any information regarding how to find the Jedi? I mean, yeah, I don't know. I'm a little confused. It doesn't make total nonsense, but it also doesn't make total sense. Yeah. So, I mean, what else is he, what other lead is he ever going to get, you know? Like, this lead. I guess that's true. I actually think like, I, I have the theory. I think that this lead is going to turn into something else. Like, I don't think this is what we're going to end up doing here. I think eventually things are going to turn a different direction. And that lead won't I be the thing that's on the front of, of his mind anymore. I sort of feel that, too. And I think... Because it seems this too episode. easy. It seems too easy. It seems like that's too quickly setting a goal. I, I I think that that is, it's leading us in a false direction. I really believe. I kind of think so. I don't know about false direction, but a different direction. Like I don't yeah, think yeah, yeah. this season is necessarily going to be about finding these sorcerers. Yeah. It's going to be more about again, like his personal journey mm -hmm. and yeah, you know, maybe they'll make some progress towards finding the Jedi, right. but. There's going to be a lot of other stuff happening internally for him. Oh, definitely. Than just just that. But yeah, so put a pin in that making sense totally because I'm not really sure. <laughs> okay. It does. Yeah. I mean, again, you like you said, who else would he be looking for to get info? I'm like, oh yeah. I mean, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. If he doesn't want to, if he doesn't want to talk to you know, um, ex Imperials. Right. Yeah. Obviously. So, yeah, okay, I guess it kind of makes sense, but we'll see how that sense. progresses. But, yeah. Um, okay, so Pelly tells him that there's this old mining colony called Moss Pelgo. Oh, oh yeah. wait, R5? R5, oh. any reaction to R5? Well, I mean, uh, you got to love it, man. You got to love it. The way that it was framed with Pelly being like, oh, my God, you're such a piece of trash. Oh, <laughs> my, can you hurt hurry up like what are you doing let's go yeah poor r5 he's just never i know wins. poor guy but i, I also love the <laughs> shot how so you see r5 like rolling up and that's cool and then yeah. the camera changes to like the other camera team behind him and it shows uh -huh. it from such an angle so that it, you see like where the busted what's it called oh yeah 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 um converter not converter, converter yeah is yeah. it converter okay yeah um or no it's not a converter no what yeah it's not right I, I, that doesn't sound right at all god we suck Oh, motivator. There yeah, you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Motivator. Yeah. So I'm not a fake fan. <laughs> I'm not a fake fan. 
<laughs> but yeah, I love how they do that. I love how whenever they bring back a reference to OG stuff, they yeah. always build on that in some way. It's never just like it's never just like spoon fed like you see R five for a second and then he's gone. It's always just like you you find out what's what he's been doing, you know what I mean? It, you you find out what they've been up to and it's handled nicely. I don't know. I like how they do that. I do too. Um it's again, we I know we mentioned this during season one. They just seem to understand how to walk that line yeah. between pleasant nostalgia and um they sometimes walk right up to the line. Yeah. Maybe even put a fraction of a toe over the line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe yeah. a couple of times. But it's never like offensive mm-hmm. like some other um, movies we won't, we won't <laughs> talk about today because it's not worth talking about. I don't know how um, I never pick up on that you're talking about that movie until like a certain point. And then when I do, <laughs> it's always funny. But I mean, the ju- the comparison or the contrast, I should say is glaring like how can you not notice it it's just oh yeah dude it's so much fun in the mandalorian most of the time and it just was not in that movie there's no finesse over there no the finessing is strong in this series yes but yeah dude let's talk about yeah i'm now i'm looking at your list so okay so yeah the she says that there's a old mining colony called moss pelgo i love moss pelgo by the way so do i i love love that addition Uh, it's like, well, I mean, obviously it was as Western yeah. as Western can be yeah. for the first few scenes. It just. And I love that, dude. Stranger riding into town. Yeah. Going up, going up against the marshal, mm-hmm. barkeep mm-hmm. in the cantina. Even the bartender, the like thing. he walks into the bar and the, you know, that, those famous scenes, like when the guy, when the, when the thug walks into the bar. And like his spurs yeah. are jingling, and then the bartender like looks over and he's like worried, and he's like looking around to see what's yes. like, dude. All yes. the tropes were there. I love that, dude. But it wasn't like, oh my god, eye roll. It was yeah. like, oh, this is so cute. And I think the reason why it felt so fun, first of all, Timothy Oliphant, oh, king, doesn't get any more martial. Like he literally played a U.S. marshal in Justified. That was his <laughs> yeah. character. Yeah. So he's so hilarious. tight cast, and I mean Fargo. Come on, bro. And he's a <laughs> he's a is he a marshal in Fargo too? What is he in Fargo? Or is he FBI? No, I think he is a marshal. Is he? Really? I actually think he is a marshal. I'll have to check on I'm that. I'm gonna I look at it right now. About I'll check it out. That might he might be a marshal in that show too. And um, I don't know if you know this because I've never watched Deadwood. I don't think you have no. either. But he was on Deadwood earlier in his career. And the guy that plays the bartender also was on Deadwood. So oh my gosh. Clearly they did it on purpose. Like, it's cute. Yeah, it's awesome. It's, it's so cute. I, I should check out Deadwood. You know, I tried to watch Deadwood when it was first on. And it was so gritty mm. that I couldn't. I, I just couldn't watch it. It bothered me. So okay. I haven't tried again recently. Maybe I should. My sensibilities have changed in the last 10 years. So okay. I should give it another chance. The cast is out just out of this world. Everyone on that show is either super famous now or just has had a really steady career since then mm. based on their probably based on their work on that show. But anyway, um, what was I going to say? Oh, before we talk more about what happens in Mos Pelgo, 
the montage of him traveling to Mos Pelgo, that's kind of when Tatooine just looks beautiful mm-hmm. in every shot. And we see him again hanging out with the Tusken Raiders. Yep. And using sign language again. And here is another, you know, tidbit of communication stuck into this montage, reinforcing the fact that he does com- communicate well with the um, Ra- Tuscan Raiders, which usually, you know, they're clearly <laughs> they're clearly making an illusion between the Tuscan Raiders and indigenous peoples. Mm-hmm. The whole sign language thing mm-hmm. is very Native American. Yeah. Yeah. Um, reference. And that they're giving what had been portrayed so far up until the Mandalorian portrayed them in season one as evil, you know, not as bad as you, they were made out to be. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Oh yeah. They used to be portrayed completely as being evil. Yeah. Like just and like just primitive, mindless primitive. killers, yeah, primitive, primitive animals. Like he calls them animals. Anakin calls them animals. Mm-hmm. He, you know, murders them all obviously. And, uh, attack of the clones. So, so interesting. Anakin is such a poster child, man. What a poster child he is. He is sometimes. Uh, all the time. I, feel, I do. I, I feel bad for him, obviously, but. <laughs> you know, yeah, he made a lot of mistakes. Yeah. As Homie. we know. So, um, but just going to say, you know, here's another reference to communication in a montage, and it just keeps coming back. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's not the only montage. Isn't there like episode. multiple montages where he's like talking to them and. Well, he's in the. This one is the montage, and then they actually talk. Mm, yeah, yeah. Later, that's true. That's true. And that's when we find out he can actually speak their language. It's not just that he knows the sign mm-hmm. aspect; he also knows their spoken language. How does he know so, their language? Is the question exactly? If we don't find that out, yeah. I want to know what the heck he's been up to. Yeah, huh? He must have spent a good amount of time on Tatooine, mm. and if he, if so, how did he I mean, not Jabba. know about Mos Pelgo? Jabba, perhaps. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. No, he would have been. Well, yeah, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. But then he probably would have known Boba Fett. Like I don't know. <laughs> oh, that'd be weird if like. <laughs> it's real complicated. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When you start thinking about it. Yeah. Okay, so we talked about you know the face-off, the total Western trope, face-off with the gun between... with the hand reaching for the like almost at the pistol on the side, and then the and then the man Mando was blurry. You know, like you can see it. You can see it. You know what I'm talking about? From Cobb, it was so yeah. from Cobb's perspective, yeah, yeah. but it was like his waist, and you see him grabbing for mm-hmm. the pistol, and then Mando's on the right side of the frame, and he's blurry. It's like, dude, this is so good. I'm a film nerd, guys. If it wasn't, and the the other thing that struck me was Cobb's entrance oh. is basically the same as Din's entrance mm-hmm. at the beginning of season one, where oh, you know, yeah. the silhouette of the armored dude standing in the doorway of a cantina. They, they do that a lot, True. I feel like, in this episode where they have visual references to episode Homage. one. Oh, yes. Of course. Of course. Yeah. But I have to tell you, I, I <laughs> lost my breath when I saw him standing there. <laughs> you thought for a second. <laughs> I mean, maybe a nanosecond, but then I was like... That is the skinniest dude yep, ever. Yep. I was, that is not tall. Tamara Morrison. He was tall. <laughs> it was the tallness. 
that got me. Oh, it was it was this it was the waistline for me. Like that is not <laughs> Tamara Morrison. No chance. Yeah, that's hilarious. Uh, I actually so yeah, I was you, pretty you... thrilled that it ended up being Timothy Elephant because God, I love him. Yeah, he's awesome. I was I I did not have the reaction when he walked in. It was the weirdest thing. Are you kidding me? I know it was so weird. I don't know why, but oh. I like I I think I didn't know if it was Boba Fett's armor or not, so I didn't want to get psyched out. But then when I realized it was, it was like, oh man, okay, this is very unexpected. Did not expect this kind of turn, but you know, they're they're, they're the showrunners are kind of genius. <laughs> the advertising and like the I don't know, man, it's it's clever what they're doing over there. For real, it's very clever. Yeah, I love it, obviously, but. Uh, what was I going to say? Oh, so again, we we start talking about armor mm-hmm. immediately. Oh, yeah. Because Mando's like, uh, I don't think so. Yeah, he's a little offended. He's very offended. Yeah, that's really cool. And, you know, according to his creed, by necessity, he has to take that armor away from this guy somehow. Right. You know, so that obviously leads them into the, the confrontation. Mm-hmm. Um. That is interrupted by, at first, what I thought was, like, <laughs> an earthquake. Like, I was like, are we having biblical earthquakes now? Like, what's going on? I actually thought it was a Sarlacc pit. It was going to be, I thought it was going to be, like, a giant Sarlacc pit that just opened and swallowed oh my the whole gosh. town. That would have been crazy, but <laughs> that's what I thought it was going to be. That's But funny. no, it was just Dune. It was just Dune. It was literally just The entire just Dune. Dune story just invaded <laughs> Star Wars. It's fine. It's totally fine. It's Dune or it's, um, actually, I have a little, later on, we talk about the uh, crate Dragon. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there are a couple of very famous desert dragon-y creature, you know, monsters. One of them being, obviously, Dune. Uh-huh. The other one being um, the giant sand snake from beetlejuice oh true (laughs) true and then i saw a couple of memes of the big worm in um spongebob SpongeBob. (laughs) but he's in the water so i don't know that i count him (laughs) oh come on dude he's a water dragon the giant what is it the giant alaskan bullworm or something like that oh my god of course you remember exactly it's big scary and pink (laughs) lord it's so famous man all right so back to Cobb vanth for a second there had been rumors that this character i saw a couple of people bring him up in the past year over rumoring like oh is he a person that we that has been talked about he's he's from uh a series of books the aftermath novels which i read the first one and then did not read the other two because that's how i am i'm terrible (laughs) okay uh but they're written by chuck wendig and he is a character in those novels so this is not a brand new character it's actually them pulling in a character from the novels which is really cool i love when they do that stuff Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah totally and he fits you know his story i guess is more or less basically the story he tells about the um Mining collective coming in overnight and enslaving everybody. So. Oh, by the way, regarding that scene, that sequence when we see it happen, um, when they walk in and like kill everybody. Yes. I. 
I know Fargo season four wasn't out, but there was. <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I see Come what on, you're saying. Bro. I, I don't know. I don't know, but that shot, I... the one with like the, you know you know exactly the one. It's the overhead one when the yeah. when the Italians walk in. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. But it is kind of also like a mob trope to have that kind of I thing guess, happen. I guess, like side by side. I guess, yeah, you're right. Well, uh, it's just anyway, it's really if, weird how if you're not watching, happening everywhere, all the same tropes are recurring. If you're not watching Fargo season four, please do. Bro, bro, it's really good this season. I mean, every season has been good. I feel, but this one too. The show is so good, is man. Great. <laughs> um, Noah Hawley. So that's again. Noah Hawley, yeah, he's good. Um, so yeah, it's. I made a note. He's basically Timothy Oliphant's basically playing Space Raylan Givens from Justified. <laughs> yeah, completely the <laughs> He's same literally dude. The same man. Uh, so I also wrote down just in quotes two snorts of spotchka. <laughs> Is that what he says? Is that what he says? So in, I I get, I'm not sure like of weights and measures the exact measurement <laughs> of a snort. <laughs> But it looks to be a little bigger than a shot because the cup, the cups he gives to him are bigger than shot glasses. Right, it's more yeah. like a, it's more like a, um, it's like a Dixie cup. Well, like the glasses you would put your, your, your fine bourbon in. With a big ball of ice. Yes. <laughs> kind of that. Maybe a little smaller than that, oh, but okay. I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to know exactly how big a snort <laughs> okay. is. Okay, are you going to ask for that when you go to the bars? Can I have a snort of spotchka? <laughs> May I please have a snort of your best? <laughs> your best liquors. Your best liqueur? <laughs> uh, so we jump from, well, obviously we see this scene of Mr. Crate Dragon. Yes, man. Oh my goodness. Blowing through the town, eating up the bantha, and just... You know, huge Jurassic I don't Park know. vibes, by the way. Oh my gosh, there are a couple of there are a couple of times. Oh, yeah. oh I know. In this episode, where I was like, the guy running out of the cave like the T Rex. Your yeah, your Jurassic Park is showing. Yeah, yes, exactly. yeah, yeah. Um, I was, ha- but I was dude, very I was, sorry. I have a lot of things running through my head. I was half expecting like a leg of a bantha to like rain down from the sky or something. <laughs> that would have been so funny. I can't believe they didn't do that. I can't believe that. Well, that's a little gory for Star Wars, maybe. I don't know. Oh my gosh, are you kidding me? Hello? I know, the end. But... No, Wampa getting his arm cut off. Um, Luke getting his arm cut off. Um, the arm of the dude that Obi-Wan cuts off his arm is literally shown on screen. I don't think it's too gory. I know, but that's the only blood in the entire series. Okay, there doesn't need to be blood. Anyway. If he gets eaten, there'd be, there would definitely necessarily be What blood. if you just saw it, like, drop in front of a character and just go like that? That would be hilarious! <laughs> be hilarious. But later on, yeah, when they're when they're at the the lair of the Crate Dragon. That's a, and they're yeah. tying they're tying down the Bantha, just like that poor goat. Yeah, exactly. Standing yeah. out there waiting for the T-Rex yeah, to eat yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah super, I, super dress. I love how many references to different movies are in this episode. There's so many so good there are there are i wonder if you caught on to the same ones i caught on to and if we I thought i guarantee of i did different ones i guarantee i did guaranteed i hope we each came up with different ones though because that's more fun. just about every clint eastwood movie reference well yeah um, westerns for sure tons yeah 
But there are some other ones too we'll, that we'll get to eventually. Yeah, okay. I'm sure. Okay. Uh, by the way, that close up of the Bantha's oh, eye. Yeah, dude. I was like, <gasps> it's real. <laughs> that looks incredible. Yeah, it, it, Who knew that a high point of this episode would be a close up of a Bantha's they eye? They looked great, but man. it was. They looked excellent. It did. Like, so good. It did. It was almost like, you know what we're going to give you? You know what we're going to give you? Bantha. We are going to spend a month <laughs> putting together this shot of the Bantha's close eye close-up, and it's not something you knew you wanted, but you did. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. You've been wanting it for decades. Here you go. You know that the company, you know that the, uh, the not the production company, I think it's the sales company that, that sells Star Wars music that you can play on the piano is called Bantha? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think it's so funny. The Bantha's really... It's a symbol, man. They really go through it yeah. in this episode. True. I feel bad. I'm going to take this opportunity once again to, to, to say the joke that I came up with, the dad joke pun, that immediately sprang to mind after I saw this episode. Is this... Oh. Okay. You know what I'm yeah. going to say. <laughs> okay. Okay. I've I've posted it. I've tweeted it. Guess what? I don't care. I'm gonna put it on the podcast too. Okay. okay. All right. I don't want to misquote myself. Oh my god! Just Shoot. say it, woman. Many Banthans were killed to bring us this episode. Okay. Banthas, not Banthans. You messed it up. No, it's ba- I purposely want to say Banthans because it's Bothans. Banthans. <gasps> oh yeah, that's good. Did you not even get my joke when I texted it to you? I did not get that element of it. My bad. Are oh, you kidding me? I'm an idiot. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. On the podcast. I texted that to you like <laughs> immediately, and I thought you thought it was funny, uh, and you didn't even get uh, it. No. Well, I thought it just said many banthas died, but I didn't know many banthas. I also just, I don't think I. Spring. Yeah, I don't think I read the whole text. I think all I saw was. Many Banthas died, and I was, and I assumed you were gonna say many Banthas died to bring you this entertainment or to bring you this production or something. Uh, I did not notice that. Let me let me find that text. Did you actually say that? I'm sure that I texted that to you because I was like, oh my god, I'm hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> you know, no one cracks me up more than I crack up myself. That is very true. This is a well-known fact yeah, in this house. That is super true. Where is it? Sorry, continue. I'm just gonna. Yeah. Well, just to mention the Banthas again, uh, there was a lot of Bantha sacrifice, Mm -hmm. but also a lot of Bantha care. So immediately, again, my mind went straight to Native Americans, the the buffalo. Yeah, the bison that they pretty much revered. Like, they knew that these animals were their lives. Oh, yeah. I mean, they followed them. They followed them. So. So even though they had to kill them, you know, to use their hides and eat the meat and use the bones for tools and whatever, they still respected the hell out of Mm -hmm. these animals. And as funny as it was seeing the the Tusken Raider using that thing to to pick to to (laughs) (laughs) as a as a flossing device, because I've never seen anything so funny in my life. (laughs) Um. Again, it was like it was hilarious, but also after I thought about it for a while, I'm like, okay, I'm really seeing this heavy connection between the sand people and Native Americans, and they're even going so far as to say the Banthas are their 
version of bison and they have to kill them and they have to eat them and they have to sacrifice them to keep their villages safe. But they also take very good care of them and they respect the heck out of them. So yeah, I'm, I'm detecting. Very cool. There is some heavy, and I'm going to have to bring philosophy. There, There is some heavy, like us versus them. Oh, but, 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 yes. but it's not just, it's not like lost where it's always us versus them. It's never one side yeah. understanding the other. That's the conflict in this episode. It's like, it's already past the us versus them idea. And it's like, now we're going to show you that us and them are relative. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. those are relative concepts. I love that. I love that stuff, man. That stuff is super cool to me. Yeah. Yeah. It's... Like, how, how, like, if I say I'm, like, we're us, you are them, well, actually, you're the them to their us. You know what I mean? Like, it's it works both ways, I guess. And how this works on a meta level, too, that for 40-plus f- years, we have thought of the Tusken Raiders as other, as the enemy, as... Bars. Less than human, less yeah. than humans are, and violent and a- literally quote unquote animals. True, true. But I also have to add this. Do you remember when I was like nine or ten, and we were at Star Wars weekend, and I took a picture with the Tusken Raider? Uh huh. I do. I always knew they were cool, <laughs> even as a kid. Yeah, I did not. They scared nope, the crap no out of prejudice. me. I didn't no even want. No here. I'm clean. I'm a clean boy. No prejudice towards the Tusken Raiders here, dog. You will notice in my vintage collection from when I was a child, no Tusken Raiders. <laughs> so mean, man. They scared. No, they scared me. They were scary. Come on, in the original trilogy, they were scary. I don't know. I don't. Know. I feel bad about it now. Yeah. I yeah. get it now, but as a six-year-old, they were damn scary. Yeah. Okay. 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 Yeah. Well, I'm the better man. I'm basically that's all. You, I'm you probably are. Way, we're way more enlightened of a six year old than I ever was. That's true. Oh, oh by the way, Justin, um, just text. I'm sorry, my roommate just texted me. I'm gonna have to mute my mic so you don't hear him walking around. I'll be right back. Just keep talking. Enlighten the people. Okay, I'll try. Um. So again, uh. We mentioned, they mentioned about the mining collective and how after the second Death Star was destroyed and they barely could celebrate for like five minutes before this mining collective came in and enslaved everyone. Um, But our boy Cobb Vanth got away and was rescued by who? An unlikely source, Jawas. So it's really funny that we're seeing a, like, the opposite of what we see of Jawas kind of in the first season where they are doing their best to kill Din Djarin. Right. Um, I'm back. <laughs> now they're now they're rescuing people in the desert. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, obviously, they, they probably just, like, wanted his stuff, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Still, they res- rescued him, and that's where we see that he got the Boba Fett armor from the Jawas. Mm-hmm. Which begs the question... How did the Jawas get <laughs> Boba Fett's armor? Okay, I, I just feel like that's going to be just like, how did, um, oh my gosh, what's her name? Uh, there's so many names in Star Wars. Uh, the, um, the short lady in Force Awakens. <laughs> oh, how yeah, she got Maz. The star- yeah, how she Karada. got the lightsaber. I don't think we're ever going to know um, how. 
I think we might know. I think we might find out mm-hmm. because I think we're going to have to know what happened to Boba Fett. Like, he's... He's dead. Yeah, we're going to have to know. No, he's gone. He's dead until I'm further convinced otherwise by the show itself that he is not. You don't think that was Boba Fett. You think <laughs> they would put that... Dude. You think they would put that cameo Dude. at the end of an episode with his freaking armor in it and then pull a switcheroo and say, just kidding, it's a random clone. If they do that, I don't know that I will ever watch Star Wars again. <laughs> okay. That would be the cruelest, okay. meanest thing I've ever seen them do. It would be which mean. Which is saying something. It would be mean. But what if it was like Rex or something? I still can't. I don't. I can't see how that's possible. Yeah, I hope. I hope not. <laughs> I hope they pull through. But as well put together as this episode was, as far as repeated themes and context and subtext, like right. for them to do that. Okay. 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 Yeah, you're probably right. You're probably right. We sh- Dave Filoni is not gonna do. Yeah. I hope not. He's not gonna allow that to happen. Uh, yeah, I doubt it. I don't. I don't think. I doubt it. Again, I. I will be all. I, this. This podcast will be no more. You'll have to find <gasps> another person to talk to because i'll be so angry uh, no 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 yeah that would be the meanest thing ever it would be but go on i'm sorry to get you uh, out <laughs> i'm not wound up i'm just saying I, <laughs> I can't see them doing that as well put together as this episode was okay um what was i gonna say oh quote unquote every now and again both suns shine on a womp rat's tail. I'm just gonna say I'm just gonna say that all the time. <laughs> People are gonna be like, huh? What is a womp rat? <laughs> and what are you talking about, you crazy weird yeah, woman? Uh, I mean then again, all of your friends line. are Star Wars are Star Wars fans, so maybe actually in your circle people would understand what maybe. you're saying. <laughs> but again, a line perfectly delivered yeah. by Timothy Ellis. Oh yeah, who else is gonna deliver that line? Who else could deliver that line so perfectly in Star Wars? Yeah. He's perfect in this show. Yeah. Like, I really hope he comes back I later because I love I him. too. Okay, so back to the whole Hellhound thing. Uh-huh. Um, Cobb and Din, they have their their little speeders in their little um, measuring contest with whose speeder is bigger, <laughs> sort of visually. Like, they don't say anything, but visually... Uh. It was a visually funny gag. Are you saying? Are you up saying hold up. Are you saying there's some Freudian references in Star Wars? I'm saying that was a definite Freudian oh. reference. Yes, it was a joke and it was funny and I got it and kudos. Tough. I mean, you know, lightsabers are the prime choice for the Jedi and Sith. So I guess. Come on. Now. But this oh. was su- super funny. Plus, if that's not Anakin's pod engine, oh, yeah. Did you I don't know. That? Did you even bring that up? I mean, it's it. written in my notes, but okay. somewhere. Yeah, like, dude, that's a big thing. You freak, you freaked out when <laughs> I did freak out. Yeah, I did freak out upon second viewing when I realized, oh my god, that looks. And then I pulled up a picture and I'm like, that's gotta be, it's gotta be. Oh yeah, the, like the the um the the engine at the end of it, like the thing that spins. Yes. like that was the same. That was the yeah same. yeah yeah. And those little f- metal flap yeah like flap things pieces yeah. So another very well. Uh, placed nostalgic, mm-hmm. I would say, prequel trilogy shout out, which I love. Yeah, but once again, like they use it, they 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 att- they kill two birds with one stone when they use these kind of references. They're killing the nostalgia, which is like, 
like yes this is nostalgic for all you like star wars fans out there obviously but then it's mm-hmm. also like we're gonna use this though like this is a this is a theme with this is a variation on a theme yeah you know i mean yes. I, I love that i love that it's super cool it's so not lazy and i love that yeah, no, it is not lazy. None of this. That's why I'm getting kind of upset with people who are saying that this episode was lazy and a retread. I'm like, you guys, uh, what is it's just? It's not. Well, what are those people? It's just not. What are those people saying? I haven't heard about this. I haven't. I don't look on social media about this stuff. So, well, it's like there. I've seen some people. I'm trying not to read this stuff because it just gets yeah, under dude. my skin. But yeah, um, whatever. That that it's too similar to the episode with. Omera and him helping them defeat the marauders or whatever. The little village. Oh. The pretty lady with her daughter. That whole thing. Really? Yeah. It's not at no, all. Oh, dude. How is it like it's that not at all? It's not at all. It's literally not. Oh, man. I, I don't understand whatever. it. Whatever. Whatever. Those people are dead Don't to get me. that criticism. It's fine. Um, we finally get to see Boba Fett's armor launch oh. that, that single rocket. <laughs> <laughs> this is my claim to fame for this one, man. It's great. The reference twice, twice he does it. Yeah, twice. Yeah, I know. But the but but the one. Well, what is the? Uh, wait, he does it twice. He does it twice. He does. He, they show him doing it um, when he runs the mining collective out of town, and then he does it again with the crate dragon. Really, I don't remember him using it yeah. on the crate dragon. Yeah, when when Mando says get his attention. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. And, it then, is. and then Cobb's like, "Well, I got his attention now. What? <laughs> we're about to die. So, yeah. help. What are we doing yeah, here, dude?" And I love the uh, the chink on the helmet. Oh yeah. Oh the yeah. The thing that slides down. Oh, yeah. I don't think we've ever seen that happen. Not in live action. Yeah. Definitely not in live action. That's so dope, man. But yeah, so can I tell them? Can I tell the people what I noticed? Sure. Okay, cool. Tell me too, because we really haven't talked much. Oh no, I told you about the Iron Man. Mm mm. Should I just talk about that now? Does, does that happen right around this time? It happens the first time he shoots the rocket. It's not when he shoots it at the crate dragon. Oh, okay. So yeah, go ahead. It's a good time now. So when he's chasing the the gang guild guild out of the bar in Mas Pelgos, is that what it is? Uh-huh. Mas Pelgo? Pelgo, yeah. Um there is a there's a scene where or not a scene, but the sequence is that he walks out of the bar while they're in their little speeder kind of taking off uh trying to get out of there and then he you know, he kind of bends down so the rocket comes into frame. Mm-hmm. But he's on so he's on the left side of the screen. Yes. And you can see the speeder kind of going, and it is exactly the same to a T. Even the timing of it, even the explosion, the way it looked, was like the same. Um, as, as what? The scene, I'm going to explain. As the scene in the first Iron Man when he's in the Middle East, kind of taking out everybody once his like suit is like, he's got his suit, his official suit, yes. and he's just wrecking everybody. Um, mm-hmm. When he when he turns, he's on the left side of the screen. And he, like, shoots a missile at a tank, and the tank blows up, and he, or no, he shoots the missile, but the tank doesn't blow up yet, and then, the, and then he turns around and walks towards the camera, and then it explodes behind him. Um, granted, that does not necessarily happen, but the frame of it, like, where the, the speeder was relative to where the missile was being launched, and how, like, there was, like, a second before it blew up, and then you see it blow up in the distance. I don't know. 
So Super. indeed, it it's John Favreau's yeah. oh, dude. speciality. Yeah, there's rocket launchers. No question in my mind. <laughs> no question. He wanted. To That's do cool. Yeah. No, I did not notice that until you mentioned. Watch that. it again. You will notice it 100%. Watch that scene and then watch that. It's the same. So cool. That's a very cool. Um, what would it's you a say? Parallel. Parallel. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so we get to the part where. Cobb and Din come into that area and they start hearing growling and it's getting scary. <laughs> and then we see the, I guess, maybe Hellhounds 2.0 coming out of the shadows into the light. And then we realize, oh my God, those are the, those are the sand people's uh, dogs. Doges. That, <laughs> which I had to look up. They do have a name. They're called... Um, Massifs. Oh yeah, yeah. I saw that in the notes. I didn't know. Kind of like Mastiff, but Mm -hmm. like that's a dog breed. Yeah, but Massif. And again, here's some more communication happening where not. And then that's this is when we find out Den can actually speak their language. He doesn't just know the the hand or the sign language. He knows the vocal language as well. Yeah. And starts speaking to the Massifs, and all of a sudden. They're cuddly puppy dogs. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. He's he like rubbing one of their bellies at some point. <laughs> yes. He's like, he comes over to him. He gets down on his level. He's like scritching him. Yes. And then, um, so again, like he's communicating with these dogs and the whole time Cobb's like, what are we doing? What's happening? What are you doing? Oh my God. We're about to be eaten. I just came up with a good so he's pun. Fearful. Hold on. I just came up with a good pun. You ready? You're going to be proud of me. Uh, yes. Go. Mando's best friend. <laughs> slow clap yes oh yeah snaps yeah we, we snap so we don't clip i forgot <laughs> that's that's pretty good i'm gonna write that down yeah. my notes you should put that in the in the description for this episode i will try my best cool. okay uh so after that <clears throat> the sand people actually come out and he's speaking to them and he's signing with them um, and, you know, Cobb's like, uh, what? Yeah. <laughs> These guys aren't cool. What? Like, no. What? What? <laughs> so they end up going back to Sand People Town? <laughs> I don't know what they call oh, their oh, little villages. They, they but... go with the Sand People? Yes, they go back. That's when we see <laughs> one of them flossing the Banthus teeth. <laughs> yeah. And possibly the weird, like, who? <laughs> who would have thought they needed to see that? Uh, uh, just, I almost fell over. It was so funny. <laughs> Did you actually think it was funny? For Sam? I actually thought it was one of the funniest things <laughs> I've ever seen in Star Wars. Yeah, it was pretty good. But but then, again, like, after I thought about it for a, a day, I'm like, okay, well, it is funny. And they are trying to tell us, like, oh, you know those pointy things on the ends of their sticks? Yeah. What do you think That's do? what they're for. Yeah. Um, but, again, it's like, I think they're doing whatever they can to align um, the Tuscan Raiders with Native Americans and just mm. indigenous peoples okay. in general. Which is a very, very cool thing. And I feel like plays into a, a very lo- much more um broad theme and we'll get to that later. oh yeah i already know where you're going with it okay so Cobb won't drink the water yeah what a 
What a biatch. Is a very Indiana Jones in the Temple of Doom. Oh. Willie Scott won't eat the food. Dude, I'm looking at your notes and I see Cobb won't drink the water. I-J-A-T-T-O-D. And I'm like, what does that mean? <laughs> but of course, you just rattle. Oh, it's Indiana Jones in the Temple of Doom. Of course. You think I'm going to write that all out? No way. <laughs> That's funny. But r- r- during that little exchange, um, Mando is translating what the Tuscan Raider is saying. And he's saying, your people steal our water, mm-hmm. and now you insult me by not drinking this, right. whatever that thing was. Right. So n- we're just getting much more information about why the Sand people are pissed. They don't like up in their crib. the farmers. They're up in their crib. They-, they don't like the miners. They don't like the farmers. That's stolen land, in their opinion. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, it is. I mean. And they're not playing nice so why should the tuscan raiders play nice true bro true very interesting that's so cool yeah i, d- I okay. definitely did not pick up on the um the indigenous people's thing which is made, totally dumb i should have definitely but i mean they they dabbled in it in season one but this episode right. it was just everywhere yeah main theme main everywhere theme sure. okay so that next item yeah what is this the bar- the barking style of speech that the sand people have, especially though when um, Din was speaking it, and apparently that is really, um, uh, oh my gosh, I can't remember the name of the actor. All of a sudden, it just completely who left my mind. Who plays the Mandalorian? Oh, Pedro, Pedro Pascal. Yeah, Pedro oh my Pascal. gosh, oh my god, that my was, brain. That was we had to shut down almost. Oh my lord, um, did that himself. That is oh, really him, dude. That's so cool. But knowing John Favreau and how obsessed he is with 2001. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, okay. Okay. He sounds a whole heck of a lot like the Dawn of Man. Do you really think so? Go okay. back and listen yeah, I gotta to go the back. Dawn of Man. I, but I feel like I would have picked up on that. I feel like I would have picked up on that. Maybe, yeah, you watched it six times, so maybe it does take a few times to. <laughs> to it, did, it didn't occur to me until the third or fourth year <laughs> where I was like. Okay. Why does this sound so familiar to me? That's so funny. And then I was oh like, oh, Donna Man. That's great. I'm probably I'm probably just hallucinating, but I mean, you never know. There's a lot of shots. Um, <clears throat> there's a lot of shots that are kind of just reminiscent of the beginning of the movie. where. Oh, my God, you're right. Yeah. <clears throat> the landscapes mm-hmm. are very Dawn of Man. Yeah, for sure. I'm sorry. If I'm oh. just talking like everybody knows what the hell I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The first third of 2001 A Space Odyssey is prehistoric times, basically. Um, Man, as a species, has not evolved quite to Homo sapiens. They're still very ape-like, and they look Mm ape-like. And they communicate by barking and grunting. um, But they... But Kubrick shows a lot of landscapes, and it's it's kind of a desert setting. Yep. Oh, yeah. Very Tatooine-y, maybe a little more green, a little more water. Yeah, there are but... like trees and and shrubbery. And I swear to God, nine times out of ten, whenever I see John Favreau doing anything, he's wearing a two thousand one <laughs> t shirt. Dude, he was literally wearing <laughs> he was wearing a Dawn of Man t shirt at the Mandalorian yes, panel. It was the yes, shot of him he... throwing the bone. The monkey. Yes, bone. he was. That was so cool. I was actually gonna shout out something, but I didn't. Lynette persuaded me not to. Oh, during the panel yeah. about this t-shirt. Yeah. 
Um, you know what? I might just have to like find a way to ask him. Uh, come on, man. Yeah. Own up. Is that 2001? <laughs> oh, like, oh, come no. on. Oh no. All these beautiful landscapes. Yeah. The barking language. I, I, I see. He's it. having a field day, dude. It. This episode was a field day. It really was. The references and just everything is yeah so good. Yeah. You know what? Oh, by the way, by the way, really quick. One interesting observation that I had about this episode. Baby Yoda. Okay. We haven't mentioned Baby Yoda once. By exactly. The way. That. Because Baby Yoda. <laughs> he was, was just there. there. He was he was there. Yeah. Like they kept cutting to him, because they know they have to. But this one was not about him. No, not at and all. And honestly, I really think that's cool. And I especially think it's cool that John Favreau wrote this one, and that it wasn't all about Baby Yoda. Because I feel like it's such an it would be such an easy thing to make the first episode of this season be a sellout episode so that everybody who's obsessed with baby Yoda, so they get mega views, you know what I mean? And props, big props, like big props. I'm glad they like, I'm glad they stuck through with the art. You know what I mean? That I appreciate that. Yeah. And Hey, don't get me wrong. I love a cut to baby Yoda shot as much as the next person. He's handled perfectly. It's just, he's adorable yeah. in this. Like a couple of times, you know, with him hiding inside of his little egg, that was yeah, sweet. Yeah, that's, adorable. that's like amazing. Him like getting in the little spittoon pot, kind of gross, but also adorable. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Him, you know, his ears flapping in the breeze when they're going fast. Oh, yeah. Everybody loves that. Yeah, he's like hanging out on the side of the speeder. Like, that's amazing. That's just He epic. likes to go fast. He's he like um, Ricky Bobby. Oh. <laughs> Ricky Bobby. In fact, at this point right now, I'm going to require a button or something that has a picture of him with his flapping ears that says help me Tom Cruise. I want, <laughs> I want to, I want to go fast. <laughs> help me Tom Cruise. Yeah. Help me Tom Cruise. <laughs> yeah. I completely noticed that too, that he was just simply there. Mm-hmm. And again, I think it's like, he won't let even anyone babysit him anymore because he has got this bond now. Right, right, right. He doesn't trust anyone else to take care of him unless it's really do or die time. Right. And it's like, okay, he's learned a lot during this first season and he just represents that part of him now. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not leave. You're not, you have to be with me at all times. You're a part of me now. We're a clan of two. Yeah. We shan't be separated. It's so interesting. <laughs> I love that. Cool. That's cool. It's really cool. Um, okay, so again, they're back at when they're back at the Tuscan camp, and Cobb is still like not loving these guys mm-hmm. because they've attacked. In his opinion, they've attacked us. Yeah. You know, it's just like lost. It's just like lost. They've killed our people. Mm-hmm. They've attacked us. Mm-hmm. Uh, we all know we're not the only ones on this island. Yeah, yeah, anyway. yeah, yeah. Sorry, I digress. Yeah, you're, you're, <laughs> but speaking of. Just watched that episode today. Hype. Yeah. Hype. God, I can't wait to... I can't even tell you... I mean, I love that The Mandalorian is back, but I'm almost like, dang it, because now it's going to be two more months before we can start doing Lost episodes, and I'm dying. That's not necessarily true. Oh, it's definitely true. Okay. It's definitely true. I guess it all depends on you doing the work, so... Yeah. Okay. Sorry. I keep getting distracted. Yeah, my gosh. what I loved about the scene in the camp was again we see Din Jaren has grown exponentially in that he has basically taken over the role of mm-hmm. 
the mediator, the peacekeeper, the communicator from Quill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the first season, where in the first season it was Quill having to mediate between Din Djarin and the Jawas. Indeed, indeed. And Mando literally uses his flamethrower yeah, to, to scare and threaten and intimidate the Jawas. Whereas uh, in this scene, oh, I remember. He, in, in the Marshal, he uses his flamethrower to separate them from, separate Cobb and the Tuscans from fighting. Be- oh. oh. Beautiful. Oh. It's beautiful. That's, yeah, that is pretty beautiful. He has assumed. He has learned from his mentor. Mm-hmm. He has grown. Mm. Yeah, really interesting way of showing that um, that metaphor. Because, because like, that's new. They are. They are what we grow. Yeah. But they, what oh. is it? Damn it. <laughs> we are what they grow beyond. Oh. Okay, okay. You messed that up. As mentors and masters. Yeah. Yeah, that's really good. I, I, I do recall... Honestly, I did not make that connection the first time I watched it, but I did notice that it was a very odd choice for him to cut them off with the flamethrower. Right. <laughs> like, like I was like, okay, that is something. There's a reason they're using us. There's a reason he was told in the script to use his to put his wrist out and to shoot that flamethrower. Oh, you know? it's an absolute allusion to him having learned from Quill, right. his mentor. Right. You're definitely right about that. How to be the mediator? How to be the peacekeeper? How to how to facilitate communication between these two groups that hate each other? And also, just simply put, uh, using a tool of destruction as yes a tool of peace. Yep. Like yep. that's pretty yep. intense. Yep. Yep. And fire is also like that perfect device too, right? Yeah. Because fire is the light, but it's also it destroys, but it also creates. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, oh my god! It's so good. <laughs> I'm going to say that 7,000 so times. Good. This episode is so good. <laughs> I already do that. I do that so much. I probably annoy so many people. I'm a little concerned now because this episode was so good. They cannot maintain oh, capping. this level. <laughs> I doubt that, dude. I'm I'm a little worried. Don't, yo. How are they going to How are they going to move on from this This is a conversation for another time (laughs) i know and i'm being pessimistic and it's my tross you know post tross uh fear that Uh, this is all in this is all in my mind and this is not really what they're doing and i'm just whatever but i try not to i try this is a great episode i can't help myself yeah it's all good it's all good Okay, so we get to see the sand people writing single file to hide their numbers yeah, a couple yeah. of times. So good. <laughs> so good. Also, another throwback that if you don't nah, you, think about it, yeah. you don't even realize it's a, th- it's a callback. Yeah, you don't. It's just, it's just, it um, just looks normal, right? It, it just looks like that's what they yes. would do, right? Yes, it so does. It looks fine on, on And surface. that's what they did. I mean, that's what you see camel caravans doing, so it's not yeah, even that yeah. strange. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple of overhead shots of the caravan. Just beautiful. Yeah, yeah a lot of that. Um, I was getting a big Us vibe. You know oh, I mean. geez. Yeah, and I not only that, but they're on a beach. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? I just watched that yesterday, by oh, the way. Oh, whoa, really? That was part of my Halloween um, <gasps> That's cool. viewing lineup. We watched Us. Nightmare Before we Christmas, watched... of course. Uh, hang on. Okay. We watched Us. We watched um, 
Buffy the Vampire Slayer ah. Fear Itself, my ah, favorite Halloween episode. Yes, yes. Then we watched The Nightmare Before Christmas, because that's the finale, because it's the best Halloween movie. Wait, isn't Fear Itself the one with the girl who turns invisible? No, that one I can't remember the name of. Or is that the one this where one of, the guys come and... This is the one where the frat house. They go to the party at the frat house, and the frat guys have accidentally oh. summoned a demon. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. That is a great episode. It is so funny. <laughs> yeah, I remember now. Every Halloween, I watch that one at least, and I'm always like, dang, this show was funny. That's funny. I like how none of anyway. those are like the classic horror films that you should watch on Halloween. <laughs> Those are well, Nightmare Before Christmas, I guess. No, it's pretty standard. I mean, I guess maybe, but like, it's just funny. Like, you didn't watch Halloween, you didn't like watch Texas Chainsaw Massacre or anything like that. You know, I don't like <laughs> I don't like slasher movies in general, yeah. and also I'm very angry at the Halloween franchise because Ooh. the only Halloween movie that I do like, Halloween Three: Season of the Witch, Whoa. has undergone some sort of erasure in culture oh. all day long channels were showing every i swear to god every other halloween movie except that one. Oh, that's a good one it's the only one in yeah my what the heck it's the only one because it's so freaking weird yeah it's I very weird movie. it's like okay well maybe that's why you know i have told you about how i had the novelization of that movie right yeah because my mom wouldn't let me go see it yeah that's so funny and i was like well, you know what I'm going to do? You can't stop me. I'm going to buy the book. You can't stop me from reading the book. So I read the book and I was like, this is amazing. And then that's so funny. however long however long it took me to actually get to see the movie. Oh, that's actually super interesting years. because you would have had the book representation, like your own representation visually in your mind before seeing that movie. So yes, that's cool. And really what I mostly remember is stuff from the, I remember the book. Like, maybe the visuals aren't as important to me. But I still wanted to watch that movie yesterday. And For sure. That blows. I don't I don't own it. And I guess I should have paid the three ninety nine. Right. But you know what? It's a principle of the matter yeah. that they're showing every other movie for free and not that That's one. That's true. True. It's the principle. So, F that noise. I'm, <laughs> I'm stubborn like that. I'm not going to pay your three ninety nine Amazon. You didn't watch... Um, you didn't watch... Oh, my gosh. It was in my head, and then it left. I, I lost it. I lost it. It's gone. It's gone. Other horror movies that I like. I don't even like that many. Um, I don't know, but Us just happened to be on HBO, and I caught it right at the beginning. Us is such a good movie. God, it's so good. <laughs> it's so good. The ballet had me, like, Ugh. just open eyes all the time. Like that, Someday. like Lapita. My eyes were like that. Like oh, they were just Lapita. Like, Lapita, please. Lup- Lapita, my queen. Queen. And Michael Abel's. Oh, Oh, man. My composer king who got <laughs> completely shafted. Can't talk about it. Get too upset. Okay, back to uh, Mandalorian. Okay, yeah, I get mad about that. Uh, let's think happy thoughts. Yeah. We get to see Baby Yo-Yo and Mando ride Banthas. Baby Yo-Yo? <laughs> Baby Is that Yo-Yo. a typo? <laughs> no. <laughs> Why'd you put Yo-Yo? I don't know. I just <laughs> want to call him Baby Yo-Yo today. You can't today, do that. Okay? That's not his name. Yes, I can. Um, I, I, I mean, obviously we needed to see that. Yeah, Thank that's you. That's amazing. Thank you, John Favreau, again for something we needed that we didn't uh, know we needed. So many of those, man. So many of those. And then, oh my gosh, um, you took a note of what I said earlier. Yeah. Oh it's my gosh. The Jurassic Park moment of the chained up goat, where they tie up the bantha outside the dragon's lair, and you just kind of they're looking through. I don't, you know, viewfinders, binoculars, or whatever, waiting for the T Rex to chomp. Are you not going to give me credit that I nailed that? 
I'm giving you credit so, right now. That's right. So we did both pick up on that. Oh, yes. That's awesome. And, um, oh, yeah. I, I totally. Also, the binoculars. I, even still a reference because of the kid and the cut. Well, that's what made me think of it because they really? kept showing it through them. And I'm like, okay, why is this familiar? Yeah. Oh, yeah. But it's also... It's the goat. Also a Star Wars reference at the same time because of episode five when they see the walkers coming up. They, like, do that thing. I, I also got that That vibe. is true. Yeah, I guess. And obviously yeah. in episode four when Luke is looking at the Tuscans through the... Yes. Yeah, which yeah, is yeah. probably honestly what he was going for, but probably. Yeah. But still, I was like, so many tied up goat. So then, when okay, what do we make of the crate dragon eating the dude instead of the bantha? Was that just supposed to be a joke? Uh, I mean, they played it off as a joke. Well, uh, okay, I a few things. One, I thought that was a big nod to episode two when. The big, I forget what that animal's called, but the spider claw animal, like the big one that hisses, uh-huh. like kills the giant yeah, yeah. that's like taming him. Do you remember that? True, true, true. I don't true. know. For some reason, yeah. I got a big vibe of that. It's totally different, really, on a different level, but I got a vibe of that. And then um, they very much play it off as a moment of comedy because then I didn't really um, think it was funny though. Cobb and Din Jaren have a joke about it a little bit, a funny line. Oh, but you know, if you're me and you're watching everything through metaphorical goggles right it's a it's a, like okay you're trying to control this thing mm-hmm. you're trying to metaphorically control what i think that dragon represents which is like the beast within the the the, id. the aggressive the id. yes the yes yeah. the aggressive I guess more masculine, of course, uncontrolled, toxic part of yourself. Oh, well, well, hold on. And he eats the the per he eats the person instead of the bait. Hold on, hold on. But now there is one thing in this episode that I am very interested to hear your take on. This one mm-hmm. thing, it is when it's already blown up. Okay, the crate dragon's blown up. Its guts are spewed everywhere. Yes. And the mm-hmm. Tuscan Raiders and, like, all those guys are in there, like, digging around for stuff. Okay. Yep, yep, yep. See page four of my notes. Uh, there's about three paragraphs. Okay, okay, okay. We will definitely get okay. to it. It's big. It's a big deal. Okay. Does it have to... Do, it's a big do you, deal. Do you address the, the white sphere that they find? It's yes. Like, dude. Oh, yes. So you're saying... You're I wrote... You're saying he. I don't necessarily know. I'm saying... I'm saying he. And I'll tell you why in a little bit. Okay. Um, okay. Okay. So the dragon lives in an empty Sarlacc pit epic, because epic, epic. The dragon ate the Sarlacc that used to live there. Epic. And hmm, could this be how Boba Fett is? <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> what did we say in our last episode? What about Boba Fett? Okay. What? Where you were like, are they going to show us how he got out? I don't really think they are. I said what they're going to do is maybe not tell us explicitly how he got out, but they're going to make an allusion to how it was possible that he could have gotten out. And there are a couple of illusions in this episode. Are, which is awesome. To plant seeds as to maybe how he got out. And this is one of them, I feel like. Yeah, that's cool. But we'll find out. I hopefully, I really do want to know specifically how, but. It'd be cool if he's trying to do like a meta Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, but like within the show, if you know what I mean. Like, he, like, like he's setting up these different plants and you could follow either of them. And all theoretically, yes. that could be how he escaped. And I guarantee you, he's probably a huge fan of that book. So, because oh, all all nerds are basically, yeah. yeah. 
It comes in your nerd starter pack. By the way, uh, for everyone listening who is interested about my life, I am thinking of writing a piece that, it, that its form is like Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. <gasps> what? So it's like the audience builds the piece. Dude, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, I'm thinking about it. I love that idea. We'll have to talk about that off Off air. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's cool. Okay, so... But nerds do like it. They they make a point to have Din Jaren again, translate the Tusken Raiders, saying that they make these offerings of the Banthas to the dragon because they've studied the dragon's digestive cycle for generations. So there again, is there, there's a reference. These are the indigenous people from this planet. Right, right, right. And they feed it to keep it sleeping. Which is so weird. Interesting concept. It is an interesting concept. Um, but again, it's like on the surface, this is just more wisdom mm-hmm. from these Tusken Raiders, uh, which we just thought were mindless, violent animals. Yeah. Ten years ago, even. So. Indeed. Super interesting. And then in all caps, I have in my notes, they have a school. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> Wait, who? The Tusken I don't Raiders? know. No, oh. I'm sorry. The, um, the people living in most Moss Pelgo. Yeah. yeah. Because when they, okay, so they, they, Mando, Cobb, and the Sand people all agree, we can't do this, we can't take care of this crate dragon alone. Mm-hmm. And so Mando volunteers Cobb's village to help. <laughs> so then Cobb has to go back and tell the villagers, um, so, like, remember how those guys, like, came in here and killed a bunch of us and were just, like, really terrible? Yeah. Well, now we're friends and we need to work with them. I love that. Uh, so, but he mentions how, you know, one of his points is this crate dragon is not going to just stay satisfied eating a bantha now and again. Sometimes, you know, eventually they're just going to, like, come after people and God forbid the school. Yeah. (laughs) What? (laughs) Yeah. But there's a school. Also, huge vibe of so Din Jaren is basically Ang from the Avatar: Last Airbender when he's having to escort those two tribes through the canyon together. Oh my God! <laughs> yes. <laughs> and they're literally they're literally in a canyon, so. And it's a desert, so. My jaw's on the floor <laughs> that I didn't think of that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Total um, Atla. Yep. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they have a. They anyway, have a it was like it was like um, that was kind of another Western thing. I feel like like oh, we gotta protect the women and the children. That's the school. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a school apparently. Who thought? Who knew? But what are these notes here? You're talking about what the heck okay. is going on here? All right. So during this time when they're having their little town meeting, they say that the um, the Tuscan Raiders are going to help us destroy the crate dragon in exchange for its carcass and ichor. Mm-hmm. And I was like, anytime they use a weird word, yeah. my my interest is peaked. Right, okay. They literally could have just said carcass and left it at that. True. But they use the word ichor. Indeed. Indeed. Which is another... That's a Greek thing. Right? It's a mythological reference. Yeah, doesn't it have something to do with, like... Um... It's the blood of the gods. Oh. Oh. Oh, my goodness. How okay. interesting is that? Yeah, that's cool. That's dope. Um, but, t- but like, in, re- in the real world, it's a thin, watery discharge from a wound. Okay. 
okay, fine. But they didn't, again, they didn't have to say carcass and icker. They could have just said carcass, period. Right. Like, the end. We would have understood the idea. Oh, they, again, it's a buffalo thing. They, they're going to use every bit of this thing after they kill Indeed. it. Indeed. So, th- that was cool myth thing number one about icker. Mm-hmm. Cool myth thing about number two about icker is that it is also a Star Wars thing. Mm. The spirit icker, a.k.a. the waters of life... Oh. Was the basis of the Night Sisters' magic? It's that green, oh. glowy. Do they call it that in the in Clone Wars? It's I don't know if they call it that in Clone Wars, but it is in okay. Wikipedia. Okay. But that is <laughs> Wikipedia. Yes, Wikipedia. I love Wikipedia. I do too. Oh my god, I wouldn't. This podcast would not exist without Wikipedia. Let's just say that. God bless. But isn't that interesting? Yeah, that is. I had no idea that was a thing. I honestly completely forgot that he mentioned this carcass and Icker thing, but. Well, I I actually rewound it oh. the first time I watched it because I'm like carcass and what? Yeah, and, I, <laughs> and he kind of just says it turned... like it's a normal word, like just yeah, you know. Exactly, and I was like, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. and yeah, it rung a bell for me. I like Greek mythology speaking, but I couldn't remember exactly why. And then when I looked it up, I'm like, oh my god, it's the blood of the gods. Yeah, that's crazy. Why would he? So do you think, like, in a way, in a weird sense, this crate dragon is, like, a god to these people? Um, it's like... Or it's just establishing... Or is it purely just an establishing of the metaphor even further, that, like, this is... It is, a, is an establishment of the metaphor even further, and it also... And I'm, I wrote a ton on this later in my notes, as you will see, that this whole dragon thing... Oh, bruh. ...is very binary it's very binary concept the dragon Mm. and we'll talk about it later so it's like it's both dark side violent you know scary and it's also life giver water like element like all depending on what culture you talk to basically wait what do you mean like, the Eastern view of the dragon is a very oh, positive thing. you're just talking about, like, the dragon as a trope. Not not the dragon, not the crate dragon. <laughs> well, the crate dragon is called a dragon, so okay. it evokes certain things. Right. But again, like, depends on what, who you ask. Right. Also... In this story, yeah. it seems to be a harbinger of doom and destruction and death. Mm-hmm. Also... All bad things, but there are also some good things that this dragon evokes that I want to talk about in a little bit. Okay, also... Um, but again, the blood, of, the blood of the gods. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, that's a huge... Kind of hints at that, I feel like. For sure. Also, dragon is a Greek word. It originates from dracon. So... And Ooh. dracon, I believe, was a unit of currency back then. Oh, gosh. I believe. That could be wrong. That could be wrong. I have no idea. Okay. So don't look at me like you think I'm going to agree or disagree because I just me on that. have no idea. Don't quote me on that. <laughs> um, Got to shout out the Sand People Caravan music. Yeah. People walking. Super, super cool. It is like people mover music, but it's also they he took the Mando's travel music and put a spin on like an eastern yeah deserty yeah caravan vibe which i dug yeah very hard yeah it's sick it's sick all right so we start to see Cobb coming around pretty fast he's got 
a very quick arc in this one episode where he has True. started out just like everybody else thinking the sand people are animals they're you can can't be reasoned with they're just violent and that's all mm-hmm. now all of a sudden we see him starting to become a mediator himself and you know he's trying to tell these villagers please chill we're trying to work together <laughs> please here. chill let's just not fight around the munitions okay can we not mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. let's just like and then he even says something like it's gonna be great or something oh, yeah yeah it's good. <laughs> that quick little throwaway line was so funny it's gonna be great <laughs> and then we see him drinking the stuff and the little yeah. whatever that is so it is a you know a very cute little i don't want to say cute that makes it seem like i think it's you know discardable it's not it's like we're seeing a a din jaren type of transformation real fast yeah yeah, yeah. i mean that just establishes him as a great character <laughs> he's a good guy and a, you know so he's now he's the one breaking up the fights mm-hmm. between his people and the sand people and he's drinking the water and eventually relinquishes this armor right which he according to him he needed to keep because it was the only thing protecting his village from these you know uh violent attacks mm-hmm. by the sand people and at the end he's just like here you go mm-hmm. don't need true. it everything's cool now true uh i will let you if you want oh go off about the amazing sound effects uh. of the dragon <laughs> yeah and how cool that was that they seem to be taking the different versions of the sound effect of the dragon and maybe like yeah layering them i don't know who knows well, i don't know what they did but oh, it sounded amazing are you talking about like the crate dragon the original sound effect yeah 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 and how they changed it a bunch of times yeah. and different versions of star wars have different sounds yeah which i learned from blast points mm-hmm. Shout uh, out. yeah that's true um yeah i i think i'm trying to remember my the moment of like awe so every every mandalorian episode i usually have like one moment of awestruck like an awestruck moment right yeah and it wasn't when I saw Boba Fett's armor. It wasn't when, like, I saw, like, Mando talking to the Tusken Raiders or whatever or, like, any of that. The moment that I had that was when the crate Dragon, when the fight happened, when it started. So the big action sequence, big you one. were just like, that, OMG. Dude, that was so good. That was amazing. That, that like, the it was sound, amazing. the acting, it, like, you got to keep in mind. That thing ain't real. <laughs> like, that thing ain't real. And it's so convincing. What do you mean it's not real? Well, okay. Crush. Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> the crate Dragon. Just kidding. The I don't dragon. want it to be real. It's scary. Oh, of course. But, dude, like, that scene was so good. And the sound of it was so perfect for just the magnitude of that thing, man. Like, it, like, it was, like, the most bellowing roar. It wasn't even, you know, honestly, it wasn't, like, that weird of a sound effect. It was just like the sound of a ginormous thing, which is just like, you know how that's going to sound, you know? Right. But it was, it was Star Wars sounds, Uh, though, that they, I suppose, that they stuck in there and it was, I loved the sound of, I assume Matt Wood is responsible. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah, for sure. Always, always. I, Mm -hmm. I, um, I love the sound of the gunfire 
during that scene too for some reason the, the sound of the explosives i don't know those things i notice oh man i can't even say that i can think what those sound like the sound of boba fett's helmet like missile lock on thing that sound when it's locking oh, yeah. on those are cool that's an iconic yeah. sound that's one we've heard several times um yeah just just really good my favorite sound though was the sound of the venom that was cool that was disgusting oh, dude. i i cringed hardcore at the venom no. like i did not expect that i didn't see well, that coming not. and i was like oh gross um but here's the thing it's so good because i have never personally played knights of the old republic mm-hmm. they apparently there was a mission in knights of the old republic where revan actually who i have heard of and i know a little bit about Oh yes. Goes goes to hunt a crate dragon and you and they you know, this is all EU, so it wasn't like they just re canonized a whole bunch of crate dragon stuff from that game in this episode. This the venom spewing. Oh, okay. The pearl, which okay. we're gonna talk about a little bit later. Yes. <laughs> and um so I didn't know that until I started googling furiously after i watched this the first time right. yeah by the way so i watched it at 2 a.m it was over about 3 a.m i did not go to bed till six o'clock i could not sleep oh i was losing <laughs> my mind i just had to start researching immediately i couldn't even wait. i'm kind of glad i, was I wasn't so around for when we watched that because when you yeah, those, we're gonna ba- when you get in those modes that scares me a little bit i haven't even <laughs> talked about we haven't gotten to that point yet oh, so um so yes, that action sequence was oh. really, really, really the great. camera work, dude. And how he was, uh, John Favreau was in his own. The use, good for the him. Use of the environment, which is yes, not really a thing that happens in Star Wars a lot. It's almost always like, okay, the stage is set. The only time I really remember something like that is Episode Five when Luke and Vader have that fight on Bespin. Right, because the environment mm. plays a big part in the fight itself. This one is really cool. Like, I, I, I don't think that's the only one, but that's a really iconic example. But I do think this is the only one we've gotten where it's an animal, and it's like this cinematic, like this, and like the yeah. environment is thrown into so such cinematic, a, and all it is is just sand. And I just like love right. how it's used differently. Like, there's different parts of it it comes out of. Like, there's different advantages and disadvantages it... it has depending on where it's coming from. I love when it came up out at the top of the mountain. It's like that was the coolest thing ever to me. Yeah, that was a big King Kong thing, I think. But yeah, oh, God's or yeah. maybe actually, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. or Godzilla, maybe. I, I might be thinking of Godzilla. That you know what? You know who's a huge Godzilla fan? Oh wait, now I can't remember if it's Favreau or Filoni. One of them is a huge Godzilla. It's probably fan. Favreau, I would guess. All right. But anyway, yeah, it's so funny that you say that. Yeah. Because yeah, one of them is a huge fan. Yeah. Um. Maybe they both are. I don't also, know. Dune. I just <laughs> Dune. Like, come on, dude. Who doesn't? Who doesn't love a giant worm, snake, dragon monster? Indeed, indeed. Um, okay, so they attempt to blow this thing up from the outside. Nah, chief. Because the belly, the underbelly, is its weak spot, which I understand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, maybe that might work. <laughs> because again, we're talking about a dragon. Indeed. With nearly impenetrable skin slash armor indeed so put a pin in that thought okay. for a little bit later okay 
But how they end up killing it. I'm putting a lot of pins is, in things for later. You're putting a lot of pins. I know. <laughs> I, there's just so much going on in this episode. It's amazing. So voice crack. How does how does he kill it? He goes inside the belly of the beast, which I mean, I mean, super trope. Yeah. It's not even a regular trope. It's a super That's trope. It's a super trope. And you know part of the hero's journey even i mean it's just it's oh like biblical it's Oof. everything like yeah. so many times so many times and so many stories we see this yeah. that it's part of the hero's journey mm-hmm. so that's how he has to kill it from the inside poor bantha strapped with a bunch of ammunition and <laughs> mando go inside you know they get allow themselves to get eaten the banthas is packing heat dude <laughs> so funny I halfway expected to see at the end of the credits, no no Banthas were actually hurt oh, during the filming nah, of this. That's so cheesy. That's so cheesy. Because man, they they we lose some Banthas in this tragic episode. Um, but again, yeah, you know, circle of life. Mm-hmm. Hey, true, true. Lion King, true, true. Okay. Uh, which he also worked yeah. on. <laughs> which he also worked on. So he has to go inside of it. It has to be killed internally. Mm-hmm. For its power to be rendered neutral. <laughs> okay. Yes. What is it? Sit with that for a second. <laughs> okay. It has to be killed from the inside out rather than the outside in. Okay. Meaning, if you are walking around angry, carrying your gross baggage with you... Mm. You got your youngie in shadow, oh. just <laughs> trudging along, relent, just relentlessly dogging you, <laughs> and you're not processing any of that stuff, uh-huh. and you just think you're gonna conquer it because you're just a strong person and you're just gonna, you're just gonna rise above without having to look at any of that stuff and process any of that stuff. Uh, Guess what? You're wrong uh, uh, uh. because you have to destroy it from the inside. You have to work on it internally. Before that strong armor, that gross stuff that you carry around with you all the time can be destroyed or rendered neutral or used for good. As we see, this armor Indeed. can be used for good. It's not always a negative thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, there's a pearl in there. Oh there's my, a pearl in there. There's a f- <laughs> pearl in there. <laughs> yeah. I cannot tell you. You're freaked. I freaked. You probably freaked. When I, I, I freaked. <laughs> yeah, that's really good. And I yeah. know this is a really stupid thing to freak about, but just the layers of, oh, oh my oh, God. Oh, oh, no, bro. That's not crazy to freak out about, for sure. It's crazy. Damn. Just damn. And also how it, like, spews venom, like, from the inside. You're angry. You're mad. You're just, you just, all you do is project your vomit on everything else instead of internalizing and, and going over this. So, okay. I do want to talk about that in more detail. (laughs) That's deep. Oh my God. It was great. I levitated up. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. You probably did. Just by the time. Just achieved. When the when the screen ratio okay so they win actually you know they they destroy the dragon mm-hmm. the um Tuscans get their carcass and ichor yep 
You see them gathering up their carcass and acre. Uh, Mando gets a big old piece of prime rib to take with him, apparently. Oh, yeah, isn't, like, Baby Yoda chewing on it or something? (laughs) He's not chewing on it, but he's, like, patting it. He's like, mmm, this is gonna be good. That's hilarious. Yum, yum, yum. Yeah. Um, Cobb and Din are now best buds. Cobb gives him Boba Fett's armor voluntarily. Here you go. You've earned this. And P.S. I don't need it anymore because I've leveled up and I am now an enlightened person that I understand that the Tusken Raiders are now, yes, they're rough. Yes, they've killed some people. But I, we can communicate. We have communication it's now. It's taking, fine. It's him taking that armor that you're talking about. The, the, ca- yes. the actual cage. The literal the armor literal off, cage off. And giving it to Din, who is collecting it. Right. Because he thinks that's his duty to do so. Interesting. Hmm. That's so interesting. He's basically just a therapist. Yeah, it really then. is. <laughs> basically. Yeah, that's his function I mean, right now. he's helped he's helped Cobb get over his damage, mm-hmm. basically, with the with the sand people, and now they're gonna probably live in harmony forever. Like they're yeah. I don't think they're gonna be best friends, but they have communication now. They've joined together for a common goal. It has worked. For sure. All good vibes. And all good vibes all around. Destroyed a th- common threat. Yeah. Okay. Hype. All right, let's. <sighs> Meat and potatoes, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> when the screen ratio changed. Oh. <laughs> yes. First of all, did you notice it right of away? Of course I Were you watching it. it on, like, a tiny screen? I watched it on my laptop. Notice. I noticed it. Of course I noticed it. Okay. Totally different. Completely different. I sat up and, like, got to the edge of my seat. Did, did like, literally, actually? like, <laughs> I literally did. It's scary, man. Because I was like, well, this is beautiful. What? Wait. What? <laughs> uh, Hold on a second. Yes, dude. Because I will be... I'll be fully transparent. I would have been satisfied watching Timothy Oliphant strut around in that armor. Like, just seeing that armor made me so happy. True, true. I really didn't need to see anymore. If Boba Fett had not been in it, I would have been fine. I would have been like, oh, cool. His armor is now, like, representing metaphorically, like the yucky stuff over you know aggression and whatever yeah but when the ratio screen ratio changed i got getting out of breath relax just relax i got my heart started pounding i'm not even gonna lie (laughs) i have to laugh at that because i'm like they didn't do that for nothing Uh something's about to happen Uh, yeah then the theme music like they're playing his traveling music like they always do it suddenly just literally stops yes dude it doesn't resolve. It just stops. Yeah, it does. And you see that beautiful bald bastard. Oh, <laughs> <sighs> he's so bald. The back of his head glistening, literally glistening. But before you even see that, you see the twin suns. Mm, of course, of course. Isn't there like a red and a bluish one? No, they were both. I'm they trying look to, like I'm, they always look to me. I'm trying to picture that shot. Good. I... It is. Stunning. It's composed. And the, actually, though. actually, the concept art during the credits <gasps> is stunning. Oh yeah, I had to skip past it because I was I had to go to bed. I, yeah, I gotta watch I, this again. 
Gotta watch this again. I screenshot it. I'm only wa- the only reason is not my header on every freaking social media platform is because I'm Spoilers. respecting people to not spoil them. But it's killing me not to use oh. it like right now. <laughs> so, so Brandon brought up are the sun setting? Brandon Boylan from Clashing Sabers Network. Go listen to them. Mm. Are the sun setting or are the suns rising? They must be setting because that action took place over a pretty long period of time. So right. they must be setting. Right. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. That they're setting. Yeah. But I don't even know what to say about my reaction. <laughs> yeah, dude, come on. You got to, like, paint the picture here, man. It was 3 o'clock in the morning. Everyone in the house was sound asleep for hours. Mm-hmm. I couldn't scream. Ah, oh, I must have sucked. <laughs> It sucks so bad. <laughs> yes. You should have watched it in the car or something. <laughs> no, I wanted the big I wanted the big screen experience though. Right. Um I well, immediately started crying and like hyperventilating. Did you cry? I couldn't believe it. Oh my god, are you kidding? <laughs> no. But I the weird I was actually in hysterics because oh, I was sobbing. <laughs> And then I started laughing hysterically, and then I went back to sobbing, and then I went back to laughing hysterically. Yeah, you do that. You do that. You do that. And I just kept pausing it and going back 15 seconds and watching it over <laughs> and over and over. That's cool. And just and just kept going back and forth between sobbing and hysterical laughter. Oh, my gosh. And I did think for a second I might have a heart attack. <laughs> no, dude. My heart you just was gotta chill, man. I I know. I told you at the beginning of this. I have no chill about this. <laughs> you really don't. It's Sunday now, so I've actually started processing the fact. Like, granted, they have not told us that that's who nah, that is, dude. But again, it would be the meanest thing ever. It's, it's just not. the actor, you know. Oh my God! Seeing him again, yeah. just the whole thing, just the way that it was set up. The t- the twin sons. He's standing there in robes, uh-huh. very monk like, uh-huh. in my opinion. Maybe, maybe. And he's got Tuscan, a Tuscan weapon, I mean, and there and a gaffy stick. I mean, he's wearing a robe that <clears throat> is quite reminiscent of the robe that lady's wearing in the trailer. Who remember in the trailer? Oh, the lady. Hers is more black though. This His was definitely black. like. Nah, it's brown. It's brown. Really? Yeah, it's brown. So oh. immediately I'm like, okay, monk-like, Tuscan Raider-like, Obi-Wan Kenobi-like. Oh. Like, take your pick. Any of the above. For sure. Who knows? Yeah, also you got to keep in mind, too. Like, I know we're talking a lot about Boba Fett, but also it's really cool seeing him because it's like Jango Fett, too. Like, it's cool. And all the clones. It's just... Yeah, and all the clones. That's true. How... How anybody could have a negative reaction to that, oh, I just... Come on, dude. It's... It got to me, I'll just be honest. Over the last 48 hours, the the people who are pissed are getting to me. But I don't want to talk about Salt right now, because we got to talk about... Buddy has not been given the spotlight. Oh, I could... I could, dude, I could talk. He's been so wrong. I actually... Over the last two days, I have put into my drafts so many salty tweets... <laughs> <laughs> because I just kept seeing people and I'm like, God damn it, <laughs> so today oh, no. I actually tweeted a thread of my drafted salty tweets. Nah, what are you doing? 
So I'm like, I'm going to lose 7,000 oh, followers. Did you post immediately. it? I couldn't. Oh, oh, I tweeted it. Oh, okay. I can't see it. Anyway, let me talk about, let's just talk about Boba Fett. Okay. Yay. So he's watching, finally, we get to talk about Yay. Boba Fett. Without, well, I mean, I guess maybe there is a tiny little inkling of doubt that that's who that was, but I really can't imagine that it wasn't him. Right. He's watching Mando speed off with his armor. Yep. Um, Does he know Cobb Vanth? Does he know Cobb Vanth has had his armor? Hmm. I don't know, maybe. We don't know. We don't know. What's he think about that? Like, there are so many, so many questions. Right. So many questions. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, oh, by the way, um, when I was saying how they might just make an allusion to maybe how he got free of the Sarlacc pit, Mando going into the, mm. in, you know, inside the dragon and still surviving... I just want to say, since I've been 11 years old, that has been, that has been what I've been preaching. Yeah, actually, my, my, you were right all along. When are you going to flex on everybody listening to the podcast? Who cares? Like, <laughs> he's got, and not only, like, even at the time, we didn't know that armor was as big of a deal as it actually is, mm-hmm. and how strong it is. Now we know that, so mm-hmm. now it's just like, of course he survived. Yeah, yeah. He's, not only isn't he... Is he in a suit of in, practically impenetrable armor? He's loaded with God knows how many tools and gadgets. Yeah. 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 This is not even a challenge yeah. to get out. Yeah. It's not even a challenge. True. True. I... Thank you, 11-year-old me, <laughs> for having the sense. <laughs> True. Shout out. Shout out, little Michelle. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's not dead. He's never... I, I knew it. I knew it. Yeah, that must have been a big moment for you just for that reason. Oh my god. Like I said, his Like dad. all your friends being like, no. Like, homie's dead. Like, he's dead. You know? I mean, he was dead. He, I guess he was. But, you know. I mean, Jesus. No one's ever really gone, Colin. Oh! Jesus was dead. Jesus was dead, exactly. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's talk metaf- like metaphorical stuff. So he is watching these setting twin sons as he watches you know, an, another Mandalorian run off with, speed off with his armor in tow. And to me, that was like, okay, more doubling down on this whole dualism, clan of two, like... Oh, yes. Uh, rule of two, like, uh, how many more times do we have to be sold this I mean, not enough. Two thing? There's never enough. It's... It's constant in Star Wars. It's just constant. But but there will never be more than enough. I want more. But here's my question. If they are going to be the dual, you know, a dualist pair, who's the yin and who's the yang? Oh. Well, that's what I'm I mean, I guess wondering. if you just think visually, right? I mean, he's wearing the dark cloak and Mando's wearing the shiny armor, so kind of maybe you would look This is true. But but that this is, is that's too easy. Like I feel like that's too, too easy. easy and he started off with dark colored kind of clothing, right? Mando did. He didn't have Beskar armor in the beginning. No, well, it was just kind of like haphazardly mismatched and not coordinated and not he doesn't, you know, he looks like a million bucks now, obviously. Yeah, but also, I also think you're playing into the simple man's game. I think 
they can be both considered both yin and yang. As for everybody. I'm, why you got to steal my <laughs> Oh, were you going like to say that? Or are you going to say that? Oh, well, let's go. Let's go. I was going to say. You taught me well. well. You taught me well. Let me do a couple. Let me do a couple of other analogies, though. We have oh. <laughs> Boba Fett, who got eaten by a monster, indeed, and got out, obviously. Uh, so we think. And now we just saw Jin Jaren do the same thing, indeed, indeed. So practically speaking, like I said, this could just be them telling us, "Hey, it doesn't matter if you get eaten by a monster. If you're wearing armor, you're you're cool." For sure. But also, it's another way of, you know, comparing the two. Like, it's a parallel. Yeah, I mean, obviously, the armor is a parallel. Obviously, I would assume Boba Fett has a very strong disliking towards droids. I would assume. Oh. Um, well, I don't know. Disliking. He probably just has no respect and doesn't care. He never mm-hmm. had any attachments. So. Well, same with he, him, I don't then, know. right? Because he used to not have any yeah. attachments. Um Yes. Whole, They're very, very similar. Family issues, right? They both oh, got those. Yeah, you, could, um, you could say that. Yeah. Bounty hunters, obviously. Both lost their parents at the Duh. hands of war. Yep. Specifically yep, at yep, the hands yep. of like war involving the droids, which is interesting. Boba Fett was a part of the original clan of two, of him and his dad. And now Din is the dad mm. in his clan of two with the baby. Oh, dang. There's You could go on forever. Yeah about the similarities but um uh oh so i was just gonna like i wrote down a few questions he's wearing robes he's carrying the tools and weapons of a sand person does he have a bantha (gasps) i didn't think about that i think about that is he living amongst the sand people because he's clearly gotten rid of his armor he's not about that life anymore Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. he is scarred and we love a scar. We love a facial scar in Star Wars. Of course. They're oh. always highly symbolic. John Locke, my boy. Um, yeah, the facial scars in you know Star he, Wars are... You, you, know, um, you know John Locke at the beginning of Lost has the scar across his eye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. When I saw that, I was like, you're joking me. You're actually... You never noticed that before? Dude, dude the last time I watched Lost all the way through, especially the, the first few episodes... I think the last time I watched those was when I binged the whole thing, and I think that was when I was a a junior or a sophomore in high school, which, oh, okay. you know, back then I wasn't smart. I didn't know what was going on. But, you know, who else has facial scars? Anakin. Yeah, Anakin. Ben Solo. Ben Solo. Um, Both of whom redeemed <laughs> from their evil deeds. Oh, you think Ben Solo's redeemed, huh? Oh, please. <laughs> of course he is. Okay, I'm kidding. Spark a fight in the comments. Um, He is bald, whether that's voluntary or involuntary, don't know. He's got, he looks like his eyebrows have been Mm. disintegrated too. Mm -hmm. Okay. So some stuff has happened to his face Mm -hmm. (laughs) and head. Um, But again, he looks very monk-like and, you know, they love, they love a Buddhist reference in Star Wars as well. They do. I don't know. I don't know. What, you and then I you also think he's wrote practicing Buddhism. <laughs> nah, I don't know. Maybe he's become a balanced mofo. That'd be sick. Who knows? That'd be sick. But he does look like a sad boy to me. Okay. Do you think? Oh, sad boy. You did say that. Sad boy. You typed that in the mm-hmm. notes. Um, looks like a sad boy. <laughs> B O I. Um, yep. Is he good or bad? 
Well, I think what you were saying before, I... No, but is he going to be presented question... as being a, a villain? An antagonist? Oh. Or a hero? <sighs> Potential sidekick, perhaps. I... If I were to make a prediction, which I don't want to really, but I will if you are making me. Okay. Um, yeah, just a prediction. The end, the end game is going to be redemption. <laughs> wow. Big shocker, dude. Big shocker. I know. I know. Because, I mean, that is what I want to happen. Like I said on the last episode, if they are bringing him back. And he has no personal character development. And it is all in service to just Din's story. And he's just the same old Boba Fett. I'm not going to be down for that. Like, I don't yeah. care then. Okay. So do you want him to be an antagonist then? I would not mind if he starts out antagonistic. So he has and a direction, then yeah. arcs and has this amazing character arc where he is. What? Why can't changed? Have you, have you ever been intrigued by the idea of like the opposite of that? I feel like that never happens. Where like a bad guy, a that, good guy turns into a bad guy, and that's the end of their story. I mean, that is a thing that ha the antihero that happens. Okay, and those are interesting stories to me. Like, who doesn't love Breaking Bad? I love Breaking Bad. Um, it's Breaking. Oh, of course, of course. My gosh. But. I mean, in again, in this case, that's not interesting to me because he was always known yeah. as a. Oh, bad guy, I know, so. I know. I, I don't mean in this particular sense. I, I just was wondering if like if that is even a thing, honestly, because I don't hear that much, especially in Star Wars. Oh, I guess because oh. it's it's oh, not a yeah. hopeful story. It's like oh man, like if it ever tragic. if it ever does happen, it's always like A to B, but then B goes back to A, right? It's always like an arc form. Right. It's never like yeah, yeah, yeah. half of an arc. In either direction, mm -hmm. it's always a full arc, which is, of course, Star Wars. Like you gotta appreciate that. But and we talked about in the last episode, he he starts out, you know, he's just a kid. Mm -hmm. He's another orphan. He's another um kid in Star Wars who goes through it and Indeed. ends up making bad choices and doing bad things. Right. So if it is ABA. I feel like the A, the first A, wasn't really seen on screen too much other than, like, the moments in Clone Wars where we feel sympathy for him. Right, right. Um, so, yeah, I could be ABA. Okay. I guess. Yeah, just a thought. Technically. But, yeah, let's, let's but, continue. Um, so, I wrote down, why is this a good time to bring him back? It is the perfect time to bring him back. Mm. And here's why. He knows a lot about a lot. Okay. Of, he's been around. I guess. I guess he has. Since he's been around since episode two. Oh. And he made it all Ooh. the way through Return of the Jedi, and now we're finding out and further. Oh, dang. So he knows about the, clone the cloning. Or 66. He knows about the. Uh, he knows everything. He's seen oh, it all. Wow. Yeah, that's true. So if we're talking about, like, if there is a theme of. Lack of communication in Star Wars, which there definitely is. Oh, that man is like R2. He knows everything, just about. And he knows a lot about the Jedi. He knows a lot about oh. everything. Yeah. Yeah, indeed. He knows Han. He knows Leia. He knows Luke. He knows Jabba. 
He knows Han, the underworld. Han Solo, bro. He knows everything. Yeah. So he's like a little time capsule, I did not think basically. He and if if Mando's looking for a Jedi, I mean, I don't know how much he currently knows about where they are or what they're doing, but he definitely knows a whole lot about. He knows them. how to track them. <laughs> Boba Fett he knows, knows how, how to track, track a Jedi, him? man. Has he gotten over his "I'm gonna kill you, Mace Windu, no matter what"? <gasps> oh. Does he does he still hate them? Like, what's he gonna think about the child when he finds out? Dude. Like, or if he knows that he's force sensitive and that Din is actively looking for these Jedi? Like, yikes! What what's that gonna be like? Tin hat theory, you ready? Yeah, this yeah. This is so not gonna happen, but I'm just gonna put it out there. <laughs> this is okay. so funny. Okay, Boba Fett finds Mace Windu's lightsaber. Okay, has it. And gives it to Din. And then Din has a lightsaber duel with... with um, Lightsaber duel? No, not, not, not lightsaber <laughs> duel. It, it, with, the, with the sword. With the darksaber. Oh. Darksaber. Okay. Bro. I see where you're or the, going. Or possibly. Baby Yoda gets it. <laughs> Which would be so weird. But <laughs> I don't know. Tin hat. It would be very weird. Yeah. I, um, why don't you go write a fan fiction about that? That sounds like a fanfic to me. Fan fictions are for girls? Excuse me? You told me someone said that. I was just quoting. I'm kidding. Well, that's like the stereotype. Of course it's the stereotype. I'm just kidding, dude. Okay. I know you are. My goodness. Okay. Um, So, yeah. Is he going to... Is he going to talk? Like, is he going to tell his story? Because he's got a... He worked for freaking Darth Vader. That's true. That's true. He was... In the carbon freezing chamber. Oh. When Han Solo got frozen in carbon. Like, oh my god. How funny would it be if... if He knows it all. If Mando froze him in carbonite. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) That would be so good, dude. (laughs) That would be so funny. What are you freaking out about? Because now I feel like... Now I feel like that's good. It has to happen. Come on, dude. Come on. Slave One, where you at? Right. You. We need to know what happened oh to Slave One. God, they really dude. need to tell us. Bro, I'm stressed. I'm stressed yeah, about this. Ship. We need to know. Okay. Now I'm gonna. I'm gonna get some deep stuff right. Oh here. wait, no. I, I looked. Oh, is this one? Is this where you talk about the Fargo thing in the notes? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Get this on. Okay. So we have Din, and now we have Boba Fett. Both. Um, identified as Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. at some point in their lives and you know we've been told by Olmec who I don't believe anyway because he's a jerk that Boba Fett and Jango Fett were never real Mandalorians that sounds like like gatekeeping yeah. to me <laughs> I don't know about that son. because when you look at the history of Mandalorians there are so many different groups there are so many different brands of mandalorian let's go down the list what does it mean to be a mandalorian well there's so many different types i don't even know like there are the you know blonde white people on sundari that claim to be mandalorians like satine and almec and all those people that lived on sundari sure there are the wrens Mm -hmm. which were not 
from Mandalore, but their world got conquered by the Mandalorians, and so they were assimilated into the culture. Ah. So basically, there are conquered, there are conquered peoples that just assu- assimilated into the culture. Right. And they're called Mandalorians too. Right. There are there's Death Watch, and you know the traditional warrior types who claim to be like, we are the real Mandalorians because we are still following the culture of war. Right. Which that's messed up. Yeah. Like, yeah. True. Um, and they hate the pacifist brand of Mandalorian because they clash, you know, um, but Bo-Katan is one of them. Right. We love Bo-Katan. Of course. And, you know, we have the Darksaber involved now, so she's going to pop up at some point. She just has Ooh, to. You think so? Oh, absolutely. If it's not this season, then it's next season. Dang. I'm, I can be patient. I can wait. A Boba Fett drop and a Bo-Katan drop? In the same... Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. In the <laughs> same intense. season, I'm not sure. <laughs> and then, obviously, we have the show, The Mandalorian, in which there are the... the you know, it's post-purge, um, post-siege, post-Night of a Thousand <sighs> Tears, whatever the heck that is. Yeah, what the heck. And now they're all living in hiding. They're going around adopting children to bring up in their culture. They have a creed. You don't have to be genetically Mandalorian to be a Mandalorian anymore. You just have to subscribe to this, sorry to say, a kind of cult-like mm-hmm. rule book mm-hmm. um, that seems to center a lot around the armor again. Of course. We got all kinds of different Mandalorians going on. Yeah. It's a lot. So, what does this feel like? This feels like a melting pot of what is it to be, quote unquote, Mandalorian? <laughs> so similar to season four of Fargo right now, which yeah. is examining what is it to be an American? Right, right. And they're coming at it from very many angles, and they keep saying things like, to be American is to pretend. Yeah, dude. And, um, you know, the main character, Loy, says something like, um, there's no, there's no being American. Like, Mm -hmm. there isn't. Yeah. There's, there's indigenous people of the Americas. There's immigrants. There's slaves that have been assimilated into the society. There is no such thing Uh as a true american yes it's a melting pot indeed and i feel like that is what maybe it's fargo making me think along those lines i don't know but i feel like this whole time they've been because for the longest time it never made sense to me like why are they showing us so all these different different... yeah that all seems like a. it's confusing that seems like an inconsistency sometimes you know it well it was confusing to me especially when i started watching clone wars and i'm like who are these blonde Austrian looking mofos? Like, what is this? Right. Yeah. This makes no sense to me. Right. Like I was practically for death watch. Like, yeah, I let's, I want real Mandalorians and armor. Damn it. Oh, Hey, Hey, no, you can't cheer for the death watch. They're bad, bro. Well, I mean, eventually I learned that and I fell in love with Satine and it was fine. Yeah. Yeah. But, but the point is, I feel like this is a subtext. The the, the whole Mandalorian thing. You really got subtextually... your, your subtextual glasses on today. This is good. And I don't mean to be like 
American-centric and saying it's all about what it means to be an American. Right. Maybe well, I'm crazy, and maybe Fargo is pulling me in this direction, no, but no, man, dude. it sure seems like a m- metaphor to me. Wait, also, can you hear me? Sorry, just making sure for internet. Yeah, I can hear Okay, you. really quickly, um, ties into a very famous, like very critically, very acclaimed philosopher um, whose name, I believe, is Franz? Is that the first name or last name is Franz? Um, and he is, um, I really want to say, I think, I believe he was African-American he lived in the United States and he wrote a lot about this concept of like, he kind of took that Germanic philosophical approach of the concept of us versus the others, right? He took that into the approach of culture and race and sex and all these ideas and, one of the things that he that he was a huge thing about is this concept of um, masks. Like masks was a huge thing, and he, he for him and he talked about how everybody puts on a mask and you decide what the mask shows. You cannot decide what's behind the mask, but you can decide what the mask shows. Sure. And mm-hmm. I mean, Mandalorians wear helmets. <laughs> Like, they wear helmets, and they all customize their own helmets, right? Like, we've seen how Sabine, I believe it's Sabine, right? Like, she's the art, artsy one. Like, she colors oh, yeah. her helmet. Like Big time, yeah. It's all about that. And, I mean... And she was gra- kind of doing that to rebel against her family and upbringing, though, which is interesting, too. Well, of course, there's going to be, like, in-story reasons, but if you're going to look at it from this type of philosophical perspective, like, that is a thing that has already been... Like, that is a huge step milestone in philosophy. Like, this idea of the mask and how... Sure. Like, well, geez, I mean, man, Kylo Ren, Darth Vader, it, like, it it's... It permeates Star Wars, yeah. That's him. He did all that, and he, the biggest thing he was about was how that applies to race and how... I read this text, I think it was called White Skin, Black Mask, something like... Or, no, sorry, Black Skin, White Mask, that's what it's called. Um, and he, talk, he talked a lot about how... Uh, Sorry, I'm going off on a tangent, I think. But he's talking about a lot of how people that he knows in this country wearing these clothes that are not totally, like, of their culture, right? They're, they're, they are mm-hmm. trying to assimilate themselves. There's almost a constant dissonance there. And yeah. um, that, that, it's, a, it's, a, it's a perpetual dissonance. That's what he calls it. And uh, so It's so freaking fascinating. Like, yeah. We love we love Din now, and he think we think his armor is just the coolest thing ever. Yeah, well, we would we think that, Boba. wouldn't we? We would think and, that, of course. And then we see Boba Fett, mm. no armor. Yep. And what's he wearing? Tuscan Raider stuff. Mm-hmm. What? Yeah. Like, I know, oh, I know. whoa. Yeah. Like he's maybe assimilated into this into the indigenous culture. Similar to what, though, Mom? As Fargo teaches Similar. us. Remember Fargo? She, she, when she's giving her history report, she defines assimilation, and then she's like, well, I say to you, I ask you, reader, similar to what? When? Oh, yeah, her essay, yeah. Yeah. There's a main character in Fargo this season. She's a, a African-American young high school student. Mm-hmm. And amazing character. Oh, her yeah. name is... Ethel Rita, what's her last name? Oh, I don't remember. I can't remember. She's got a great Isn't name. Isn't it like Ethel Bergstrom? Rita. Bernstrom? 
No, it's a funny last name. But anyway, um, she's orating this essay. And yeah, she gets she's talking about assimilation in American culture. And exactly like, what is it to be an American? Like, there is no there is no there isn't one like get out of here. Holly be really spitting facts. So and also like what better time to have that be a theme in a series for children. Exactly. You know. So if this isn't what they're purposely striving for, I mean, I still think it's there. Oh, yeah. Dude. Whether they intended it or not, I feel like they intended it. Because, again, like, there's just so much confusion about the definition of a Mandalorian at this point. Oh, that, yeah. And now, and now we have the OG back, and he's standing there. Totally not looking like look, them. <laughs> looking like a Tusken Raider or a monk mm. or a Jedi or something. Indeed. Indeed. Damn. You know, what if it turns... Well played. What if it, well played. What if it turns into, like... Oh, my gosh. I keep wanting to reference BSG. Makes me so mad that I can't reference BSG. <laughs> Why can't you reference... Oh, because spoilers. Yeah, but, like... Yeah, okay. let's not. Imagine ending of BSG in the context of Mandalorians. Yeah, well, I, I feel like that's possibly what they're Oh, my towards. gosh. That would be... Dude... <laughs> that's that's bigger than life <laughs> that's literally bigger than life and let me just let me just say did i mention in the last episode we were speculating irresponsibly <laughs> that there was a a new patent filed by yeah. Lucasfilm under the under for boba fett and one of the items on the list that they mentioned was a series of fiction books mm. so bless if we get like a trilogy of novels or something mm. about all of this kind of thing and where it, where he was and what he was doing and yeah. Mandalorians as it, maybe it'll be post Mandalorian stories. Like, Oh my God, I'm living my best life. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody tweeted today. I woke up this morning and realized I am all the Jedi. I'm like, that's oh. so weird because I woke up this morning and realized I am all the Mandalorians. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. True, bro. True. Okay, so I just want to reiterate kind of what I feel is my thesis statement for Mr. Fett moving forward. Okay. <laughs> Mr. Mr. Fett. Mr. Fett oh, what did we call him? The um, Mr. Boba Fett Mi- Esquire oh, the second. The third. Or the second, yeah. That's good. I, I feel, okay, I feel like, and this is partially just wishful thinking and what I want because like I've said before if I see no character development I'm not going to be happy okay if it's just the same old fat then what's the point of course uh so you know disclaimer yes this is what this is both what I want and what I think based on what we've seen so far which is approximately three seconds (laughs) of of him (laughs) standing staring at some binary suns and true, true. whatever um but it sure feel it, it looks to me as though we've already i've already we've already talked about how there are many parallels between him and um din Jaren. they're you know orphans products of like war mm-hmm. their parents are taken away from by war they both end up as bounty hunters. They both 
escape the belly of the beast, so to speak. Just, oh, you know what? We've gone two hours and 22 minutes of an episode. I haven't talked about a womb yet. So let me just, let me just say the Sarlacc pit is a freaking kind of proud of you. Well, (laughs) too bad that that was over. The Sarlacc pit or the Sarlacc itself is a, is a womb. Go look at a picture of a Sarlacc. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Don't even. The boy has been born again. True. He is sans armor. The boy. <laughs> We're just going to call him the boy now. Forever. I like that. That's me. He's been reborn into what? I guess we'll find out. But it seems to me that they would not have him back in the state that he appears to be in to just be like the same old fet. Like, it, it's just, yeah, I, yeah. I just don't see it happening at all. Right. <clears throat> and to back that up, again, he's standing there, scar, you know, facial scar. Also, does he have, like, something, like, some some writing on his head? No, I don't think so. No, no script? I could have sworn I no. saw, like, a ring of script across his oh, head or geez. something. Oh, jeez. I don't think so, and I've watched that scene now about 8,000 okay. times, so... Maybe it might just be like the granule might just be a texture sh- shadow or something. Right. But you know, he's he's wearing the garb of the indigenous people on that planet and carrying stuff that would indicate he's per- possibly assimilated into their culture and that is a a heckin' big change. True. You know what I think? I just thought of something because so Mando, he doesn't really have an um a teacher. Oh, anymore. oh yes, this is the next thing I want to talk about. Oh, oh, okay, cool. Go ahead though. Right. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, okay. I was just gonna say it would be interesting because you were saying right that he has so much experience and knows so much that he would be a good you know candidate. You're freaking out. Okay. Okay, okay. Rock on, rock on. This is exactly where I'm going. Yes. Dude, I'm literally, I'm ahead of you, bro. I'm ahead of you. I'm the host. I'm the host now. <laughs> You're, you always have been the host. You just force me to, what? S- to make all the announcements and everything. Oh. <laughs> oh my gosh. I didn't know that. Yes. No, that's not true. You do the research. You're the co-host. And I only do the research because these oh, are Oh, you said co- co-host. Yeah. I thought you said host. We are both hosts. We are co-hosts. How can you be a host and a co-host? Isn't the co-host normally the one that's, like, the second in command? Well, I mean, no. Co means... I guess, yeah. I guess you're right. It's not vice host. (laughs) (laughs) Co-host. Okay. Uh, Okay, I don't know if you want to continue on that or if you want to let me freak out. Well, I mean, I think that's the premise of what I wanted to say, so go ahead. Yeah, he's, he's... Because he needs a teacher. If this, if this, because you got to think about how Yoda came into the story. Well, this, yeah, just thinking about like the original trilogy, right? Because Obi Wan was his teacher, Luke's teacher, and then he kind of like he was still kind of there, but he was flawed in his own right. So then Yoda came in, so like you're, he could be his Yoda. You're singing you know? my favorite song right now. <laughs> I'm literally vibing to it. Yes, <laughs> I am dancing, honestly, swaying back and forth. <laughs> it yeah. is so cool. 
if this mm-hmm. is where they're going, mm-hmm. if they have brought him back to be mm. a mentor and not an enemy. Yeah. Oh. But, that, but you know what, though? This is just you know beautiful. You know what is even more, you know what adds flavor to that idea? What's the that? The flavor. What's the flavor? Because that, that, that's just the palate. Okay, that's that's the palate cleanser. That's not, oh geez, my headphones. That's just, just like the chicken. It's not, you haven't seasoned it yet? You haven't seasoned it yet. The seasoning is <laughs> if he is like an antagonist, but a teacher. And that would be cool. Literally? Okay, I... Did I tell you any of this? No, but like if he was, if he, you're freaking me out right now because this is okay. exactly what. Like, what if he plays the part of Maul but better? You know what I mean for Din. The and actually does it for, um, unselfish reasons, not mm-hmm. like Maul yeah, who is always I mean. selfish. That's what I mean. Better, like, like yeah. it's like he wants to help this guy, but he hates this guy. Like that's what I want. He hates this dude. I don't know if I want to say hate. He oh, is dude. so visceral, though. They have. He- Here's what I'm thinking: that okay. he he's actually going to be the balance that we craved in Trot. <laughs> yes. Whoa. That he has found some semblance of balance in his life. Well, hopefully, yeah. He's hopefully the whole garb and the p- potential assimilation is a sign of his like newfound leaf. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And but we that, don't know yet. And that he's like you're saying, he's going to be the new mentor That'd to help really cool. to help Den get to the next level of himself. Enlightenment, yeah. Finding enlightenment, which at this point like he thinks the creed is everything. He, this is all he knows right now. Like, this is his purpose oh. in life, is the creed. But then, oh, here comes this baby. Mm. And now he's got something else that he has to worry about besides himself and the creed. And, like, you know, his his vision has already been expanded. And we see that in this episode how much. Quite a bit. Right. Right. So... I will, I can't tell you how, like, I will freak out if if they've brought him back to show that he has found balance already and he's already been transformed and we're just like dummies because we just think, oh, Boba Fett, tough and rough and he's going to kill everybody. And it's like, no, 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 no. Let me teach you some. You don't understand what this is about. This is about transformation and enlightenment. And finding balance. Mm. I, mm. <laughs> I'm just saying that would add some flavor. I pretty much, sure. I pretty much would be. I think my distrust for Filoni and Favreau will evaporate if that is what they do, because that is just perfection in my opinion. That's signing the that's signing the signature. At that it point. is. If that is what they do, I mean, they might do something really cool besides that I haven't thought of. But if but that's the Hancock signature we're all looking for, man. Like, you know. Yep. Um He's Bindu. He's gonna him and the Bindu are gonna be like best friends. <laughs> they're just gonna sit around and chat about balance. Oh well. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they're gonna be friends. Yeah, what if the Bendu comes in? <laughs> <laughs> in my dreams, live action Bendu. Yeah, oh my gosh, so. dude. All right. So, cool. so that I feel like is our thesis statement on Boba Fett so far. That is kind of what we would love to see. 
And can we just talk about how uh, how the Razor Crest is kind of it kind of resembles Slave One if you were to turn it a certain way. Oh yeah, I see it. Kind of. Well, they both have the little. It looks like a uterus too. Like we've talked about this before. Turn, you know, when it's oh, dude, yeah, turned up on its mm-hmm. side well, when, when it's, it's flying. No, no, yeah, when it's flying, yeah. It's very uterine. Yeah, it is. So you it's, know, that's okay. actually very. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. It's another another similarity. Yeah, I just need to see that ship, dog. <laughs> I'm not gonna be. All this talk about balance. <sighs> all this talk about whatever you care about. I care about all that stuff, but if I don't get my dang ship, that ship has not been in a movie, in a show, in how long since it episode two came out? Okay, what happened to it in Clone Wars? Does Nothing. he still have it? Well, oh, the show? Does he have it in Clone Wars? Are they flying around in it in Clone Wars? In the I don't show, remember. Yeah. I don't remember. Mm. I wish I did. Well... I mean, he definitely landed it on Tatooine, mm-hmm. so it's either still there or it's been picked clean, I suppose. But you know what? If we see him putting his uterus back together, too, I will just die. I will just die. I'm just saying. I'll just die. I'm just like, what if... Sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm speculating all these theories, which I know is bad, but it would be really cool if, like... That's okay. Because we've... We've already seen that clip of the razor crest, the razor crest getting shredded, right, and like all busted up. Oh yeah, true. So what if like that's when Slave One comes down from like the air and he's like, "Come with me," and then that's the end of this. Oh and then they my leave god! The razor crest. Stop putting. The razor crest is gone. <laughs> stop putting these thoughts in my head. Because then I want just... I want this to happen, and it's probably not. Dude. Okay, we got to talk. The Sonic Bomb. The Sonic Bomb. I, I think we've talked. About Boba Fett enough, we've we've set our thesis statement at least until next week, which I I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see him for a while. Yeah, that was, yeah, it's probably. I hope he's not in the next episode. I, I want it to be mysterious. Yeah, I have a feeling like, we might have to wait. It's going to be kind of yeah. brutal, but I'm um, down for that. I'm down for that. Okay, crate dragon. Yeah. We I think we already mentioned about how this this has this whole. Um, history in star wars and uh especially like a couple of the details about the venom and the pearl are from knights of the old republic stories um oh and the other cool thing about it i don't know if i mentioned this is that in those stories apparently the pearl could be used to focus the crystal in a lightsaber And that they were sort of, and that the dragons themselves were kind of force sensitive. They were drawn to the force, but they're kind, they're dark side. Oh, kind of beings. This was all EU stuff, though. Okay, but they, I mean, they're definitely bringing back a couple of those features. So that's very interesting. But obviously, yeah. Before that, though, like I didn't even know that. But when I saw crate dragon. And they pulled the pearl out of its belly. Like, immediately, I'm like, is that another egg? Yeah, And I'm like, no, 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 that's a pearl. We're talking about a dragon. Dragons and pearl, dragons and pearls go together. Do they really? In Eastern mythology. Oh. 
Okay, yeah, see, all I know is, like, the Western connotation of dragons. I have no idea. The the Eastern, if you look up, I mean, just Google dragon pearl, and you'll see a bajillion pieces of art of oh, of Asian oh, dragon art with pearls. I was going to say, isn't that isn't that, like, a very commonly seen statue in that kind yeah. of art style? Like, it's the dragon super, with the pearl under its claw, and that's, Super, like, super common, yes. Oh, my goodness. Oh, very interesting, bro. Yeah, and so the pearl itself is kind of seen as, like, enlightenment, knowledge, mm. um, you course. know, that kind of thing, which makes me think, okay, Din slayed that dragon, <laughs> which had the pearl of enlightenment inside of it. Right, 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 right. He's on the right track. Like he's Ooh. he's going the way that he should be going. But the thing was, I was like, okay, what led to that was the fact that okay, they killed the he killed the mudhorn in season uh-huh. one. Yeah, yeah. And I was a little put off by it because you know, like, why are we why are we slaying the mother? Like, you're stealing its her egg. That's not cool. Uh. Why are we slaying? This mother who's just trying to protect her child, and well, you know, it's... Mando wasn't really good at that, that point. Well, I know, but it was also just like a symbolic slaying. It's it's like, you know, it was symbolic. There was a reason for it. It wasn't just like gratuitous. Let's kill this animal. It was sure. it was oh yeah to signify the bond between him and the baby that was growing, and eventually it becomes their sigil, and it's a whole thing. Yeah. So. Yeah. When I was watching this episode, and I'm like, again, this dang crate dragon is just trying to live his life, <laughs> and y'all are just being really mean and just hunting yeah. him down. Yeah. So what's the symbolism? What's mm-hmm. the purpose of that? There's something to it, and so. Sure. Um. That's when I started understanding. Like, okay, this is a heavily ar- a heavily armored pretty angry and aggressive dragon right and inside of him is a pearl (laughs) so (laughs) yeah it's a it's you know again it's a symbolic slaying of the dragon plus slaying dragons in western stories is just it's the trope of all tropes like it's epic epic it's just we don't even think about it. It's such a trope. We don't even think about it as a trope. It just yeah, that know, is just I what know. happens in stories with knights it's typical. and yeah. whatever. Well, so. I, see, I think I see what you're saying, right? Because you know, I think it's actually a very <clears throat> interesting. You're good. I think it's actually a very interesting take on the yin yang symbol, right? Because the yin yang symbol it has the white half mm-hmm. swirling with the dark half swirling. They swirl, right? And Within the dark half, though, there's that circle of white, and within the light half, there's the circle of black. So it's almost like the crate dragon with the pearl is like the black half with the white in the middle. Do you see what I mean? Ah, yes, like, I do. And you were just saying that the crate dragon is like a dark cider thing, but it has this pearl inside of it. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. so it's kind of like it's kind of like I'm I'm drawing those connections, I guess. And there are other examples of dragon type creatures in star wars that are um oh, yes. of course 
really indicative of the dark side. Like there's a there's a dragon in Dooku Jedi Lost mm-hmm. that lives on Sereno and oh it's literally <laughs> awakened by Count Dooku's like force you know it, it wakes him up like he's so strong in the force that it wakes up this dragon dang and um there's a lot of allusions to a dragon in revenge of the sith's novelization oh it's like the dark side is a dragon that's like gonna get anakin in the end you know what i mean oh dang okay not a literal dragon but like a uh right right metaphorical dragon yeah yeah um yeah, so anyway, this whole this whole concept of the dragon in Asian mythology being not a bad thing, like being a good thing and having mm. having these having the pearls, you know, aligned with them and the, and here's the other thing though. So this okay. this crate dragon is a sand dragon. He's a land, mm-hmm. he's a land dragon. <laughs> True. True. And if you'll recall from whenever we talked about the trailer, and I was like, there's a hell of a lot of water in this trailer. There is, there is, of course. So starting out episode one, going back to Tatooine, and there's a dragon living in the sand. Mm-hmm is very interesting because they call it a leviathan yeah and leviathan is the biblical it's a sea serpent it's Mm -hmm. a biblical sea serpent monster Mm -hmm. once again dune all the makings of dune water and a lot of dragons and i was you know when i was researching asian the asian version of dragons many times they are water creatures mm-hmm. okay and again like leviathan is a water creature so i just am feeling this tr- this um transformation from sand earth dry dead ah. and then we're gonna at some point start getting into water planets we're going from a sand planet to a snow planet to a water planet i feel like that's going to be the transfer i feel like that's going to be the trajectory sand frozen water actual living liquid water oh see if they do that dude that's got my like composer brain firing yeah because i don't know i'll just touch on this very lightly but I'm actually working on something, you know, I feel like I'm talking a lot about my work, but I'm working on something right now where the exercise that I've kind of created for myself is trying to create trajectories across multiple different planes and within one piece. Oh my word. And (laughs) what? What? (laughs) That's deep. (laughs) Yeah. It's really hard. And if they can somehow manage to do that, like that's the type of stuff that lives under the surface. You yeah, know what I mean? that is the type of stuff you do not notice unless you are trying to do a research paper and you're looking at that meticulously. Mm-hmm. So I'm just I'm really in need right now of some Star Wars where even the little things that you don't expect to be important actually have trajectory, not just important, but that they go somewhere. 
That's what I want. I want everything to lead to something else. That's that's all I want. That's it. I want everything to matter. I guess it's kind of. I do point. too. And like I said, they're off to a good start. They're right off now, to dude. a great start. Um, and the fact, dude, the fact that like the first shot is practically pitch black. Like if like the last shot, like kind of like how Lost does it, right? Like if the last shot was like completely bright or something like yeah. that. Like I want to see that kind of stuff. Just in the filming of it. That's more so the filming of it, not really story related. But it kind of is. But mm. uh, you know what I mean, right? Yeah. Oh. Trajectories, bro. I almost forgot about to mention this. So you know how um, the uh, meditation... You know what you say during meditation, the Om Mani Padme Om thing? Yeah. Mani being jewel. Mm-hmm. There's a connection between the jewel in, like, Taoism and Buddhism being a pearl. Oh. Rad. Yeah. Super rad. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I don't know if they thought about all of this before they wrote Knights of the Old Republic or not, or if they were just like, dragons and pearls go together in Eastern mythology. Let's do that. Right. Um, which is fine, too. Which but... is fine, too. Um, but then another dragon who likes water is, you know, how St. George supposedly slayed this dragon in Western, yes. in Christianity. Yes. Um, that dragon lived in the water as well. And when he And when he slayed it, a wellspring popped up out of the ground i guess and um that water had miraculous healing power oh very interesting yeah dragons that's are interesting cool how, yeah very that's very interesting how like that has the dragon has so many different interpretations it is very like, interesting that's what's coming across i think that's a given obviously because you're saying so many different interpretations but it's I don't know a lot, a lot. I don't know a lot of tropes that are like that. But generally, like Western thinks they're bad, Eastern thinks they're good. If you want to so break weird. it down. And remember earlier when you were like, "Why are you calling the dragon a he?" Mm-hmm. I'm calling the dragon a he because in Chinese mythology, the dragon is the traditional symbol for masculinity. In Eastern, you said Chinese. Oh, oh, oh! Chinese, yes. So, okay. That dragon was a boy. I guarantee you. Okay. All right. The mudhorn was a fo- was a woman, <laughs> was the feminine. Mm. The dragon oh. is the masculine. They're both Why is he slain though? They're both they're both symbolically slain. He's slaying it because it is the bad part of masculinity that that he's trying to get rid of. Like the whole first season was about his transformation, like getting in touch with his feminine qualities, quote unquote, feminine nurturing. But now it's about the balance. Well, now he's like, step two is you have to deal with your shadow. You have to integrate your shadow to move forward. You know, Carl Jung says anyway, the boy, um, he, you have to slay your Jungian shadow, mm-hmm. period. Okay. Or you can't move forward, and you can't then go and, in his case, incorporate his anima, his feminine oh. side, back into... Anima? Anima. Anima. With an oh, anima is soul, right? Well, it's the, fe- it's, the f- it's the feet. It's the feminine. Like, oh. men have to incorporate the anima, Women have to incorporate the animus, which is the masculine. Oh, 
Oh my gosh, these are words I've never heard of, and I like that. What? Are you kidding me? No. You never Maybe learned I've this in psych class? They, those words, no, no, not in psych, but those words remind me of like Greek terms that refer to soul and body. Well, it bit. is kind of, it's, but it's like, uh, uh, well, anyway, it, it, you anyway. have to, you have to incorporate, you have to deal with your shadow. Okay. So what are they doing at the very end? They're getting, they're taking the meat of the dragon and they're going to eat it. Yes. They're going to have a weird scene. <laughs> they're going to, well, because they have, I know, you have I know, to, I know. I know. you have to eat your shadow. You have to find a way to integrate it. You have to find a way, a way to assimilate your shadow, deal with your baggage, to move forward. I think you're going a little bit insane. No, I'm oh. not. <laughs> no, I'm not. I know, but you have to understand on the like if you tone out, if you tune out, it sounds like you're just absolutely whack. <laughs> and I love it though. It's just very. I mean, I don't want to say obvious because I guess it's not obvious. But to it's me, not obvious. to me, I'm watching. The, I know what you watch, man. The masculine symbol mm-hmm. in mythology who is very angry and literally spewing venom at everyone <laughs> it's toxic True. masculinity let's just say it it's toxic <laughs> masculinity that's being slain yeah. and eaten and you know he's dealing with it i got that i vibe with that he's dealing with his trauma and again inside the toxically masculine male aggressive Hardcore dragon is the pearl mm. of wisdom and enlightenment. Indeed. Indeed. And they're going to have some tasty steaks. Yeah. Honestly, it kind of looked good. And again, they how did they kill it? They killed it from the inside, which is what you have to do. You have to start internalizing all these yeah. things so that you can have some kind of a, a transformation. And the whole theme of the armor all the way through plays mm. out. Yes. According so. a- I see that. According to what I'm saying, like it all fits together very, very nicely. It really does. It's impressive. Uh, I think, so you're saying that the dragon is both interpreted as a bad and a good thing, right? Um. Well, I mean, it obviously comes across mostly as aggressive and trying to kill everybody and eating their animals and cause... Possibly attacking the school, which God forbid. <laughs> yeah. So they're t- you think they're taking the interpret the, the the Western idea of a dragon here? That- well, they're taking both. I guess they are. Yeah, with the pearl, dude. Oh, it's so it's so crazy, man. They're really doing. They're having. <laughs> that's it, awesome. Dude. They're having it both ways, if you ask me. And that's a really cool thing, man. It is. Pretty I love cool. that. It is pretty. I cool. I love that. And then at the same time, you know, you're as you were saying before how. You know, when you were first watching this, you're like, oh, man, why are they bullying the crate Dragon? You know, the crate Dragon is <laughs> just... Ch- well, like, yeah, because in a way, you can look at it like that. Like that it is actually, like, the feminine. It's the feminine at first, but then it can be transformed into the masculine, and then that is slain, but then there's still that feminine quality, the good quality inside. What are you calling the feminine? I was just going to assume that the feminine is... Like the more Eastern interpretation versus the masculine. Well, no, like the fem- if you want to talk about Chinese mythology, the the um, symbol of the feminine is a bird. Oh, of some sort. Because okay. you'll see a lot of art with 
Oh, it's a phoenix. That's right. Oh my gosh. Okay. I actually looked this up. I don't even know why I was reading about this like a few months ago. Um, <laughs> I who knows? But I was. Maybe it was because of Mulan. Oh, it totally was because of Mulan. You're right. I'm a genius. I'm the, a straight um, up genius. The Chinese phoenix is not the same thing as like right, the yeah, Greek no. phoenix, but yeah, it is yeah. called a. It's there's a Chinese word for it, but in in English oh, cool. we just call it a phoenix. But yeah, okay. that's the feminine symbol, and then the masculine symbol is dragon. So, oh. um. Okay. Well, so it is pretty much masculine to a T. Yes. Okay, I feel you. All right. And then the whole thing about again having the pearl and. And yeah, that's that's actually a really good point though that you bring up how the mudhorn is the feminine, mm-hmm. the aggressive feminine. This is the aggressive masculine. Yep. 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 And he conquered both. And he conquered both. That's cool. But it's also interesting. It's interesting to point out, though. I think it's important to realize that the Mudhorn he kills from the outside. True, with a tiny little knife that will never make sense to me. But whatever. <laughs> well, the point is, it was killed from the outside. This is true, but it what also it also became their sigil to, that symbolizes their bond as you know, father and child. So mm. he's not really like he's not really uh, at the at the point when he kills it. It's like you were saying he wasn't really f- uh, f- integrating anything yet. It was just kind of like suppose. That's he's fair. just trying to get this egg so he can get his ship put back together. It really had nothing to do with <laughs> the baby. He wasn't trying to protect the baby. In fact, the baby protected him. So. Mm-hmm. You know, I guess it kind of makes sense to me that. Okay. But the fact that the armorer decided, oh, no brainer. Your sigil is the mudhorn because that's what sealed your bond, so to speak. Right, 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 right. Okay, I got you. I got you. So, so they, he's got it on his friggin' shoulder for the rest of his life. The symbol of true. femininity that he, um, oh. by the end of the <laughs> season, has pretty much locked down. Interesting. Yeah. So, oh, what was I gonna say? Um. Ah, oh, dang it! Never mind. I lost what I was gonna say. We can move on. Okay. Well, I think I've pretty much rambled on about everything I want to ramble on about. Um, oh, really? Well, maybe just like one more mention that, as far as talking about <laughs> the armor as a theme. Hmm. We might have already mentioned this, too, that Cobb just willingly gives it back. Oh, I remember what I was going to say. Can I I say it? Mm -hmm. Sorry. I was going to say it's very interesting how Din, the way, there's a very, there's a, there's a, what's what's the term? There's a process by which he learns, right? He, he's out for himself, like something happens, and then. He's out for himself. He needs to fix that for himself, right? He's out for himself. Yeah. Selfishly. And then he's always led to this direction where it's, like, not for himself. You know? Very interesting. Because, like, like what you were saying, right? Like, the Jawas, he wanted their help because the ship was broken. But then he found this other thing. And then with, um, I mean, even the armorer, right? The armorer wanted, he all he wanted was the suit of armor. But mm-hmm. he didn't realize, like... The bigger meaning. Like, he's always, like, finding the bigger meaning through the more materialistic, um, I guess, process. Yeah. The, the more selfish process, which is kind of odd, honestly. 
to me. It's, but, I, I mean, know, I just wanted to remark that. I just thought about that. I, I think it's basically that's the journey he's on. He's on a journey of transforming into, you know, a whole person again because he's never really been one. I guess. Yeah, that's true. Well, because as a kid, yeah, cool. you know, he got screwed up. Yeah. And I love that they're. I love that they're dropping these little details about how he is progressing. Like, what did he learn from season one? He learned clearly he's not afraid of droids anymore. He doesn't hate them anymore. And he's learned what Queel was trying to tell him, too. So, well done. And what was Queel trying to tell him? Um, well, basically that you... He, he was... <laughs> it's basically what he did with IG-11, you know? Okay, yeah. He took this killer, supposedly programmed to be a killer, an assassin, right, right. and uh-huh. turned him into a nurturing mother droid. Like, right. There, that's what he wanted to happen to him, and that is what happened. Yeah, for sure. But now this okay. whole season two is a whole different journey, especially with Boba Fett coming in, because, again, like, he's so obsessed with this creed that what is but what is a mandalorian what is, what is what it is for the creed what yeah. does it really mean oh man and ha- <laughs> do you really think they're gonna get that existential do you really think they're gonna get that existential well, i mean yes because it again i think man. it has a lot to do it's it's got a lot of layers like there's that layer there's like the the spiritual layer to it there's the like we were talking about before, what is a Mandalorian? What is an American? Why why is Boba Fett now seemingly, from appearances only, I'm guessing, hanging around with Native Americans, basically, on Tatooine? Mm. Like, yeah, it what? Just, yeah. yeah, it's just... God, it's fascinating. I hope... It is. It's intense. It's a very intense... To- it's hard to talk about, almost, because it's like... Like, like, honestly, I think at the beginning of this, I was saying how this felt very Star Warsy. Like this episode felt very Star Wars. But it does. Here's the thing, though, it does, but in a better way. And I'm gonna say that this Star Wars is a Star Wars we have never had, except in one thing, and that was the Last Jedi, and that is the case closed. Like this conversation about like balance like both sides working together like that kind of thing and achieving that that that's what i see here which is crazy to me we don't get that from any of the other movies man we just don't it's not done the same way and i do agree like it's it's super it's flavorful i'm catching a lot more flavor than i have been in the past yeah something about it it's just maybe it's also just the excellent writing and the music and the direction like i think all that goes into that process of why i think this is like such a spectacle like this spectacle is the right word this episode was a spectacle yeah yeah i mean on many levels (laughs) that's what i'm saying but it's on so many different levels but too if you just want to sit there and watch some great fun star wars stuff and you don't know a damn thing about asian dragon mythology nah, that's dude. fine <laughs> i didn't know anything about that you don't need to know episode. about that you don't need to care if the if the man the, if what is a mandalorian is subtext for what is an american you don't care it doesn't matter <laughs> no that's the only weird people think about that but right? if you're there for that 
I think it's there to find. Mm. It's just, again, I want to trust them. I really want to. Right. I hope it's going in the direction, either this direction that we've talked about or something that's also just as equally interesting. Right. That we haven't thought of. So. Yeah, true. I'm wondering if, like, there's something else that we're missing that's going to be the actual outcome of this, which... Okay, question time. Yeah. Um, is this your favorite Mandalorian episode? Ooh, I don't know. I don't know. I'm putting you on the spot. It's definitely the densest. Mm. It's it's denser than any of season one, but maybe that's because it was also fifty five minutes long or whatever. It was almost twice as long as some of those other episodes. And I wonder. Right. I don't know if the rest of them are going to be almost an hour. If we're going to go back uh. to twenty six minutes, God, I hope not. Oh, that's not enough. Yeah, it's not. <laughs> so, I don't know. So, my prediction is we're going to go to the ice planet next. Or maybe not oh. next week, but... And then it, he, it's going to go... He's still on Tatooine. Yeah, it's going to go Tatooine. Underworld Tatooine in this episode. Mm-hmm. At some point soon, it's going to be ice. And then later actual water living flowing right, yeah yeah also by the way i love how i love when cobb and din use their jetpacks to get up to the crate oh. dragon it's cool this is an example of stupid things in star wars that just make you go wow Dude, oh my god I know, I know i know it was the best it was the best and i'm kind of sad he gave the the armor away because we're not going to have that again true <laughs> Okay, my roommate is gonna come is about to come in and it's gonna be loud, so I'm gonna mute my mic. But you can talk. Oh no, we're done. I think we need to we oh, need to wrap up. We're done. Yeah. Okay. Well, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh. Okay. So if you would like to reach out, uh, we are on Twitter at unknown rage pod. I have a personal handle on Twitter that is at Frey adjacent. We have an email unknownregionspod at gmail Colin is on Instagram at Colin underscore MJ underscore Whitlick. And we are both on Facebook. Um, I was going to maybe talk about the salt report of people being salty about how they just, it's like, uh, I suspect that they don't, they won't even care if the story is good. They just don't like Boba Fett and they don't want him back. And you know what? Haters going to hate, man. If you don't like him, I'm sorry. That sucks for you, but, um. We've talked so, we've talked a lot about how this is the perfect time for him to come back. And agreed. I'd also like to iterate that it makes a heck of a lot more sense to bring back somebody who fell into a pit that was wearing uh, indestructible armor full of gadgets. Then maybe it made sense to bring back somebody who got bisected, <laughs> fell down a bottomless, bottomless shaft, oh. and then later received um, force magic that gave him robo legs. Uh, Just saying. Oh. Oh no. Just saying. Okay, now we're gonna get hate mail. If you can you accept if you can accept um pure anger keeping someone alive after they've been bisected and fallen down a shaft. And you can accept force magic giving that someone robo legs. I'm not really <laughs> sure why this is hard to accept. <laughs> True. True, dog. Just putting that out there. Yo, they and uh, my prediction was put to shame when I said that Boba Fett was going to be introduced last. <laughs> he was literally introduced first. <laughs> you were shamed, but 
<laughs> um, you know what? It was a surprise. It really was. It was. I liked it. I liked that surprise. And the way they did it was fantastic. I didn't it. You know what's great about it too? I was expe- I was thinking about that until the crate dragon entered the scene, that whole sequence, and it totally left my mind. Up until the moment he was on screen, I literally would have been fine with the ending with him running into the twin sunsets. Like, yeah. dog. Well, I told you, I until that, um, uh, the aspect changed, I thought we were done. We're done here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. So, I mean, I was as shocked as anyone. I just thought, <laughs> I just thought, cool, we have his armor back. Okay, that's awesome. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> they were not done. They were not done no, by a long not. shot. And it's right. it's cool. So Indeed. Um I guess we will try to do weekly I mean, again, I don't know that any of the episode, other episodes are gonna be this dense and have this much to chew on, but we can try to do weekly, um, Yeah, we should do weekly. So we don't get behind. Okay. Right. So, uh okay. hey Colin. Yo. See you around, kid. Like, tomorrow, actually. (laughs) Indeed. Deuces. Peace. Thank you for listening to Unknown Regions Podcast. The introductory theme for Unknown Regions Podcast was composed by Colin Whitlick and was performed live by a volunteer orchestra. This recording and composition is the intellectual property of Colin Whitlick, but please feel free to hire him for all your compositional needs. He is the composer you're looking for. All the opinions expressed on Unknown Regents podcast are of a personal nature and in no way reflect that of Disney or Lucasfilm. Thanks again for listening. See you real soon.